Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you for listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please support the show by subscribing to and leaving a five-star rating for the show on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and any of your favorite podcast platforms. You can also support the show by going to our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, where there's always exciting articles by the BNG writing staff. While you're there, don't forget to click on the fanatics.com banner for a great sports fan shopping experience. Are you, are you done yet? We're going to start the show. Mm-hmm. fans welcome back to the black and gold hockey podcast this is episode 165 brought to you by betonline.ag go to betonline.ag get your sweet account and a sweet bonus after you use code clns50 i highly suggest you do that great show sponsors great people over there this is sunday february 9th 2020 and guess what folks six Friggin game winning streak coming out of the post bye week slash all star break. Heather Ingerson, how do you feel? Because I am absolutely pumped. I'm pumped too. I mean, maybe I feel a little inferior to your pumpiness, but overall, I'm like, yeah, baby, that's what I'm talking about. Play like yourself. Had a lot of coffee. Play like yourself instead of like some degenerate version of yourself there for a little bit. But like I said, a break. They seem to have found themselves. I mean, sure, no one's perfect, but they've been looking pretty good. Absolutely exciting. It's just been amazing to watch, see this team come together. The chemistry that's being created is just, it's it's fun. It's fun again. I mean, I'm I'm always a diehard fan. They look like they're having fun again. Right. 
I'm up in, you know, the up and down before the All-Star break and, and slash bye week, it was just a kind of a roller coaster ride. We're, we're, we're getting by with with these loser points and blah, blah, blah. But this is consistency. And well, this that, is exactly yeah. what I wanted. This These games, and like we said before, are like playoff series closing games. And it's just it's just fun. Um, no, that was what I was gonna say. Is before the break, it was like the scary thing was we couldn't. I couldn't tell if we were playing well or not well because one game we'd look awesome, and the next game we'd be like, "What just happened to these same eighteen people or whatever that was skating that day?" I don't know. They look much better. Very yeah. happy, looking like the way you want to start going into February. Absolutely. Uh, shout out. And the sh- goalies. Shout out to the goaltenders rocking oh themselves God. back up to the crazy. top. Crazy. It's crazy to see that. Um, uh, well, it's not crazy. It's just it's, it's expected to see Arsov a lot get back on track. You know, you, you know these well, players, even Tuka is yeah, now yeah, back oh on God. top. It's on unbelievable, unreal. This is this is the exact time we need Tuka hot, and and I'm loving it. Um, wanted to give a shout out to uh, the Big Bad Bruins podcast uh, host Ian Glendon and Chris Blackie. Those guys had me on their program earlier this. I'm sorry, last week. And it was a lot of fun. Um, I got a little carried away with the goalie talk a little bit. <laughs> I, right. I felt that I felt that we uh, we didn't get have Chris uh, Blackie uh, talk too much because uh, the goalie union was in full full involved that day. But uh, no class acts, both of them, and I uh, really appreciate the the opportunity to come on to their program because honestly, I told them uh, you heard it. Mm-hmm. I listen. Yeah, I heard you. This is one of those podcasts that just came out so talented. It was like, bam, it we're here. And um, it started off with Ian Glendon and, and uh, Chris Mancuso. Mancuso is such a funny bastard. I love this kid. And I run through a wall for him any day. Um, but and, and by the way, shout out to Chris uh, Mancuso. Living it up down in Mexico right now. Nice. Uh, so uh, congratulations to him on his new endeavors. So He's a lot that. warmer, I bet. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But he's a lot drunker, too. <laughs> but no, he's a class act. But again, uh, thanks to Chris and Ian for the for the opportunity to come on and uh, and talk some some Bruins, some some prospects and so on. We got a lot of stuff into a, a tight hour program. So but it was a lot of fun. I highly recommend a Big Bad Bruins pod at Big Bad Bruins pod on Twitter and uh, subscribe to them and um, and uh, give them a rating because they're really good. I always feel it's fun to listen to you on other people's podcasts because, yeah. like, you're in a different thing. But no, yeah. that was – I do like listen. I listen to them whenever yep. they come I out. I support all They of did it. hit the ground running, and they're good. Yes, absolutely. And you're right by me if you love Mario Brodor. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. But anyway, enough of that. Um, we are back, and it's uh, very exciting to talk about games because we haven't lost – Oh, yeah, I know. Now I mean, it's fun again yeah, to talk about when I like eh, trying awesome. to be positive. Actual awesome. positivity. We, and, and technically, right now, as as the uh, we sit, the Boston Bruins are in first place in the league. So it's a very, very good time to um, to do be a, a Bruins to fan. do a show and and be a, and be a Bruins fan. Absolutely. So we um, get on to. I got to set my time. I forgot to do that. Um, so. Let's talk about last week's games. Uh, the Boston Bruins were playing the Vancouver Canucks on Tuesday, February fourth, and uh, just a, just a solid effort. I mean, I I wish I had that stat because uh, wasn't this the same game? They played the Vancouver Canucks in the Stanley Cup Finals. They beat the Vancouver Canucks in the Stanley Cup Finals 
four to nothing. And on this game, they win four to nothing. Kind of similarities there that you, you still suck as a Vancouver Canuck team, but no, well, I mean that's that, they that, were much better than us when I, we beat them for the Canucks. No, I know, I know. <laughs> like overall, the, the um, no, the Canucks are, are been seriously playing, an up and coming. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to crap on them completely. That but Pat- Peterson, Patterson, yeah. which oh, yeah, Patterson. I think it's that's another situation where it's like it's crazy. Peterson, why do you guys have to make it sound more exotic than it is? <laughs> that's true, um, yeah. but no, I mean it's an upcoming team. Uh, uh, Jim Benning, a former executive with the Boston Bruins, mm-hmm. has certainly taken his lumps to to start his uh, tenure in Vancouver, but um, definitely turned that team around. Goaltending, yeah, uh, Jakob Markstrom. I'm a goaltender, so you got to give kudos to him in his turnaround. And and uh, I like the the way he's been playing ever since he lost his father. So it's like a it's an it's an inspirational kind of boost, you know what mm-hmm. I mean, to the goaltenders union that. You know, you fight back. I mean, he could definitely be one of those. I'm not sure what what award there is that um, yeah, something to do with perseverance. Oh, uh, what is that? The Masterson. The Masterson. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think. I mean, he's definitely a candidate in my book, and and he played very well in this game. I don't care if the Boston Bruins won four to nothing. I mean, he was the only guy on the Vancouver Canucks that really was trying the, their hardest to, and, you know, sorry about the goalie talk again, but... I know, you love goalies, that's fine. <laughs> but let's get started with the uh, goal scoring on this night. It was February 4th, 2020 at TD Garden, as I said. Uh, Charlie Coyle gets his 10th of the season from McAvoy and Bjork at the 14-24 mark of the first period, one nothing lead. Second period, Brad Marchand... Uh, scores his 23rd from Bergeron and McAvoy at the 15:35 of the second, and it's a two to nothing uh, Boston Bruins lead. Going to the third period, the domination continues against this Vancouver Canucks team. Uh, David Krejci scores his 13th from Corrali and Carlo. That's a three zip, and then Carson Coleman adds his first of the season from. Coyle and Grizzlick on the power play to seal the deal at four to nothing at the 18-10 mark of the third period. Statement game here. Keep it rolling. Let's go. Yeah, we stayed out of the box pretty well. They played solid. Like just like you said, they seemed like they remembered who they were or whatever, remembered kind of their identity as a team and have come back strong and just never at any point. Not because Vancouver isn't a decent team and they weren't, I wouldn't say they weren't trying, but it was not their best, you know, outing either. They were probably frustrated as all hell after that game. But uh, Boston looks like Boston. The reason that they made it to the last round, the last day of the last round last year and came out the gate strong, you know. I don't know, but again, I'm not a fan that has a real, unreal, risk unrealistic expectations of like my team is going to win every game also I don't want you to do that because the president's trophy is like a big giant curse and I don't want it but good game I think overall everyone you know made an effort did their role everyone stayed in their lane and it paid off also Tuka Rask shout out way to go Tuka Rask yes um he's much better place 25 of 25 but and for the victory obviously it wasn't the the didn't see the most rubber of uh both sides uh, that was definitely uh, Markstrom uh, seeing 42 shots and just uh, getting pelted. Um, but uh, do you happen to know what number shutout this is for Tuca? For uh, it is. I think him and Yarrow both have four, I think. Hold on. Give me a second. Give me a second. Let me look on this piece of 
paper right here. Do do yeah, they both have three actually. Yeah, okay. two of them both have so, three. So third one for you. Always a no no is a good thing. So yeah, um, just to, I mean, what can you say about that game? Um, definitely, I mean, just a, just a, a truck running over the Vancouver Canucks, mm-hmm. and um, and this 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 winning streak, this winning streak train just keeps rolling into the next night when they travel to. Um, the going. Where are you going? Oh, uh, because I'm waiting for my Black computer Hawks. to do the my Chicago my Black stupid. Uh, yeah, the Chicago Blackhawks at the United Center in Chicago. In mini, Chicago, mini road, mini road trip in Chicago, February fifth, twenty twenty. The uh, the Boston Bruins did not have a goal in the first period. Uh, waited to the second for anybody to get on the board. And Alex Dabrinkit did that in the middle frame, scoring his thirteenth. At the 6.50 mark of the second period on the power play. Sean Corrali has been playing really, really good. Add that to the topic list. Okay. That's the one I forgot earlier. Uh, scores his fifth from Grizzlick and Bjork at the 12.49 mark of the second period. Tying things up. No goals in the third period. But take the monkey off the back. Charlie McAvoy gets his first goal of the year. 50-some-odd games get it done. I wish I went to betonline.ag, used code CLNS Media, and placed a bet on when he was going to score that goal. Nobody but knew it was a big, giant mystery, Scooby. In overtime with at the 119 mark, gets it done, keeps the train rolling. As Judge Surratt would say on 98.5, it's a black and gold freight train. Mm. Unbelievable game. Love the uh, the... Original six matchups always, but um, I'm a, I, I believe one of the reasons why we uh, I'm a huge fan of this um, Black Bruins and Blackhawks uh, game matchups and so on. Is do you remember when we went to the Garden and I refused to scalp tickets? Oh my God! Yeah, can I tell a story? You real can. Quick? All right, so this okay. I hate so scalping tickets. Mark Mark thought he was getting us center ice tickets, but the guy decked him off. So. Me and Barry, my man, we decide we're going to Boston anyways. Now, I know that Mark has sketched out about everything, just about everything until you convince him otherwise. So I'm like, you want to still come? And he's like, no, whatever. So we get there. I'm like, I'll just go get tickets on the street. I've never not gotten into the garden that way. I mean, not scalping. I mean, I definitely only paid face value for them. Sorry, in case the authorities are listening. Um, (laughs) So and then Mark's all like, we'll go to the box office first. Like he was all like wigged out. I'm like, what's the worst that happens? We go drink beers at fours for the next three hours and watch the game there. Calm down. So I was like, of course I'm going into the box office. We ended up with sweet tickets. Patrick King, the young buck. The pun was was there. Yeah, they were sweet tickets and up there, got to go up. I love being up there with the Legends Museum and everything Own up bathroom. there. Yep. Own bathroom. Only like Nothing two other, there were three other people there. Because yep. I was like, oh, I'm like, are there any seats left? She's like, oh, just sweet tickets. I'm thinking, yeah, right, out of our price 200, bracket. $300 yeah, tickets. Yeah, exactly. And she's like, $75 a piece. I'm like, I don't need no buffet. Like, yeah. I'm good. Like, Bam. We and we had, had the best was, seats right on the corner. Watch it was Patrick unbelievable. Keen and unbelievable. crew come in. And an awesome win. I think that was, was that in shootout? Yes. Yes, it was. So I mean, we got to we got to literally absorb that that moment, that whole moment in the suite. I mean, I didn't care if there was beer or no food there. No. Well, they we can still get awesome. beer. That's what people don't yeah. know. Like when you're up in the suites, there are still places yeah. to buy beer. Yeah, you go on the, out in the concourse, you go a little ways, and there's a beer store. And there's right. so many less people, but it was like awesome, like a couple now, and since like the one re- person. since the renovations, mm. it's like a little mall in the middle area. Oh, nice. But anyway. 
That was fun. But in the end, Mark, after his general paranoia, had a very excellent game. Thank you for how that for getting those tickets yes, and being absolutely. sensible. Like, guy, just, like, basically, it was like, guy, just shut up and come for the ride. You want to come in or not? Because yeah. we're, we're going in either way. Well, I just didn't want to get arrested. That's all. That's, yeah, I know. Like, I you know. used to be so worried about that. Like, yeah, us and everyone else, guy. Is, <laughs> it's Boston, man. Yeah. It's not Hickstown, Amesbury, where I, we're at right now. I know, but nobody <laughs> cares, or people wouldn't have still... Now you don't need to scout because no. all the ticket I agencies... I get free tickets all the time, though. Well, not even that, but just all the ticket agencies buy all the tickets, so you got to legally scalp them anyway. Right. So, there you go. Uh, but that was get, fun. <laughs> Back, back to Chicago. Back to the Chicago Yeah, game. so Charlie McAvoy, I was very happy. Jake DeBrusque was very, very, very happy for his buddy, um, I personally, I mean, doesn't make me not more mad about how he's not really, how his back end production has been this year. I mean, but I do, you know, I think he's a young defenseman who's playing well and I was happy for him to get his first goal. His buddies were happy. Also, just for some reason, I have to mention DeBrusque and Krejci, they've been looking better this last, like, oh, yeah. they're, you know, oh, like yeah. it's crazy, but good for the Charlie. Re- the rest benefited them too. Charlie Mack, you know what I mean? As I, uh. And the, Charlie Mack and Charlie Weymouth. And the uh, the, the, the tackle from DeBrusque. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I wanted to see the celly, and all of a sudden, here comes DeBrusque out of nowhere, just like, <gasps> I'm like, it's awesome for the goal, but dude, what are you doing? I want to yeah. see the celly. I yeah. want to see the monkey thing and everything that, you know. Yeah. But it was pretty What cool. could have been. But at yeah. the same time, it was still a special moment. I want to know who it was. I, I think I want to say it was Tori Krug. And at me at me on twitter if i'm wrong it, or if somebody else saw it please at me and let me know you did see it too but i think tory krug in the scrum was like giving them little jabs in the midsection <laughs> it might have been because you know how hockey players are always yeah. like you know hitting, hitting each, each other in the yeah. cup and so yeah. on i think krug was in there going where because he couldn't get in the scrum yeah it was like hey way to go buddy i yeah. you know it, it's it's uh, like almost like a fist pump in the in the yeah wrong could, could wrong sense Hey. But uh, back to the hockey talk. Oh, Yarrow. On this game. Yep. Yarrow Slav Halak stopped uh, 21 of 22 shots. But uh, on this night, again, second time in a row, the Boston Bruins pour on 40 shots uh, to Robin Liner of the Blackhawks. Um, great story on his behalf of uh, mental health, healthness, and so on. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and he's a, he's a goalie that's going to be looking for a long term job. Who knows what's going on with Corey Crawford, but... That's been like a three-year question. Yeah, what know. is going on with Corey okay. Crawford? But uh, another big win, and it, it just it just keep going. I lo- I'm absolutely loving this this ride, and um, brings me right into yesterday's game against... The Arizona the, Coyotes. The Arizona Coyotes. Waiting for my computer. Awesome. So, Phil the Thrill Castle gets... Started in the second period because there was absolutely no goals in the first. Very tight and I uneventful first period. It was, I was like very nervous about that and I didn't know where it was going to go for the future frames of this game. But um, second period, Kessel gets on with his 12th at the 326 mark. Charlie Coyle, Charlie Coyle, South Weymouth's favorite son. Charlie Coyle scores his 11th from McAvoy and Krejci. At the 6.50 mark of the second, tying things up. St. Patrice Bergeron scores his 23rd from Pasternak and Krug at the 12.06 mark. Uh, and that was a power play for the go-ahead 2-1 Bruins lead. Jake DeBrus scores his 18th and remains absolutely hot. He's been playing so well 
from Pasternak and Bergeron at the 14:35 mark of the second period, and that was a power play goal, giving the Bruins a three to one lead. Uh, Chikorin in the third period gets things started off at the 26 mark, 22nd, 26 second mark of the third period uh, to get things a little closer. But eventually it was done. Sealed the deal with Charlie Coyle's 12th second goal of the game from Bergeron. And that was at the 1911 mark of the third period. Getting it done and making it six straight. Post, yep. post, post. Lockout. I mean, lockout. Post lockout. <laughs> Post bye week. Wow. Bite your tongue, man. I know, That's Jesus. the worst. Oh. Ugh, give me the yeah, heebie that was, that was bad. That was bad. Sorry. No. I've had a little too much coffee, as I said before. You're out of control, man. I know. But it's awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm actually having freaking... I'm, I'm enjoying this. I don't care if anybody else is, but I'm having fun. I mean, I'm not enjoying it. I'm just saying... Wow, man. You got way more energy than me today. But still, it was a good win. And yay, number six... Ooh, ooh, Arizona, our old friend Phil Kessel, ironically gets the first goal. But uh, what did they say? Something like it was like his eight hundred and something game without like that's crazy. That's yeah. like Cal Ripken kind of crap. Like never leave your post, no matter how bad the situation is. Uh, but no, we won. It was pretty good. Good effort. I think Charlie Weymouth is just he's having a good week for yeah, himself. Him and. Sean Corrali had jotted down. Coyle and Corrali. We're going to talk about great. that. Definitely going to talk about that. Um, Tuka Rask, he stopped 29-31. He played very well in this game. Very square. I mean, he's just, he's reading the plays so well. I mean, I've, th- this is probably the best I've seen him when it comes to focus. Or I'm just paying more attention to it this year. Because uh, he's very square, minimal movements. I think that's that, that's the same thing that they were preaching to Dan Vladar down in Providence when uh, you, when concerning uh, goalie Bob Mike uh, Bob Asenza and Mike Dunham. I think that they also did the same thing with Tuke. They're trying to let him know that you don't have to make all these all these movements, minimize your movements per being square to the puck and what and what you can actually see. And I think that's benefiting his game and, and longevity going into his last season of his contract uh, next year. So I, I, maybe it's just me. Uh, I'm a huge RAS fan. Uh, if, if, it, if it is getting better, then I shame on me for not noticing a couple of years ago. But just seeing something different about him. Um, but, you know, this is just a great, great winning streak. It's really good for the city. And uh, with all the other crap that's going on or not going on... <laughs> Uh, it's very positive. So, um. Um, here's the thing, though, is that you still cannot rest on your laurels. Like again, our schedule is all right. What do we? Have? We have like three games next week. We'll talk about in a little bit, but there are still teams that are chasing your ass, like Tampa Bay. So, great six-game winning streak, but we can't get into like the, which is partly I think what happened when we had our first rough patch when things started first coming apart was kind of like this. Wow, we're on. You know, we're a steamroller, you know, we're doing our thing. And I'm not saying anyone gave up or rested necessarily, but even though you're playing Detroit, remember if Detroit beat you, and they did earlier in the year, we're just bringing it up because we're playing Detroit this week and in another two hours or whatever, uh, you need to keep your eye on win the game, play simple, play clean, which was one of the problems that was before the game. Like, where was the passing? Where, you know, just. Again, those things that make them the team that they are, the team that people like, there's the damn Bruins again. What are they, you know what I mean? Like, 
You don't have to be fancy. You just have yeah. to be solid. Just get it done and, yeah. and do it by committee. Yeah, and that, like I said, everyone, I think, the, I think the break was good for everyone. Maybe them and possibly like St. Louis or whatever. There was a lot of hockey played in the last 12 months. The extra days are probably more beneficial to those players who I don't think either team had a hangover, quote unquote, but right. definitely that doesn't mean your legs aren't tired, you know? So I don't know. I think it's been a good week. Yeah. Two back-to-backs, got through unscathed, all, all eight yeah. points, which is great. Then the back-to-backs are always the ones that freak me out, too, because you never know what's going to happen. You yeah. know what I mean? And obviously, the first game of a back-to-back, when, you, when you're talking about the Bruins, is the better game, and the second one is not so good, but not this season. It just seems like they've really come together and, and, and trained well for multiple days of, of action. So, um, And w- with the action being said, we're going to talk about the upcoming games, but before we do that... And give an opportunity to, you know, give you guys an idea of who the Bruins are playing, but also a, f- a future landscape of when you could place a bet on this team. And why not with the great folks at betonline.ag, our show sponsor, which is an awesome show sponsor. I mean, we will highly recommend them. But footballs might be packed away, but basketballs, hockey, fo- golf, and yes, you can even bet on Academy Awards, which is tonight, I believe. We're really bad on timing with the whole yeah. thing with the bets for the Super Bowl and the Academy Awards. But That's all right. Anyone who's betting on the Academy Awards is well aware they're happening oh, on yeah. Sunday. <laughs> but as you can find in all odds with our exclusive sportsbook partner, Bet Online, they have been in the industry for over 20 years, providing customers with the first two market odds and giving you the ability to bet anytime, anywhere. Head over to betonline.ag and use our promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit and have a little fun with some betting action today. Bet online, your online sports sports book expert. Wow, I cannot say sports book. Sports terrible. book experts. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> there you go. That's <laughs> but all right. Thank, thank you to them for uh, their continued support in us and and. And in turn, we support them. I have an account. I haven't been betting lately, but I am going to be doing that. I get changed to bi-weeklies now. So mm. bi-weekly pay sucks. So I used to have that for a long oh, time as it. a teacher. I hate it. But uh, no, uh, next week when I get paid, I'm dropping another 50 in there. I'm going to do a little bit of gambling because baseball is coming up. Mm. And as much as I can't stand baseball, I do like the action. The over-under and, and the parlays that I do, it's actually pretty cool. But anyway... See, I would bet on the most random things, like, you know, those crazy ones, like, who will be the first person the to get, get, yeah, those, yeah, all those, I'd be like, who will be the first person who gets a penalty in the third period? I'd yeah. be like, Tom Wilson, just saying. Sorry. I always <laughs> want to take RA's advice from spitting chiclets on his gambling corner, but I don't know. He dropped, he drops like 5K at a time. Yeah. Like, he can afford for his bets to not be good. No, exactly. I'm just kidding. You take advice of all the experts, but make a sound decision. Sometimes you <laughs> got to choose not to bet, too. But, yeah, and but things are coming up. Everyone start getting, like, it's going to be, much to my dismay, March Madness next month. You know, a lot of things will to be bet on. You yep. know, get your bets in now, right? Because isn't it like you get in and you're right? Like, there are ways that you can make even more money when you place bets, right, in gambling. So, yep. everyone get ready. Yeah, absolutely. And, and speaking of gambling, if you want to get in on the action this week, you can definitely do it. Um, don't don't do it today because when, by the time you hear this, this game will probably be over. <laughs> but the Boston Bruins are playing in Detroit at twelve thirty this afternoon. Uh, Detroit is not a very good team at all. They are cellar dwellers. 
Um, right now, they they have thirty points. Thirty points. Thirteen wins, right? A neg. The ninety seven differential for their goal difference. That's Oof. insane. Yeah, yeah they're one eight and one in the last ten, which made me laugh a little because then it's like they said their streak is one loss, and it's like, kid, they have thirty points through like fifty something games. Right. They, like that's like a whole season loss record. Like that's not no offense Detroit fans. Trust me. My dad was from Detroit. My grandmother was a diehard Red Wings fan. I, I feel for the city of Detroit right now. I almost feel bad. Imagine if my dad was still alive. He'd be oh, like, rum, 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 oh, rum, Bruins. Rum, 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 he'd be crazy. Cause he'd be so mad about it. But that's, they, they are like, they're like the last of the last, like this, like the LA Kings are looking down at them overall in the league going losers. You only have 30 points. And that's saying a lot. If you know how bad the LA Kings have been this year. So I, f- I feel bad for uh, the guys at the wing wheeled podcast. Those guys do a cra- fantastic job. Yep. If you want to get away from the Bruins centric podcast as, as this one, but um, those guys are really good. And if, you know, they, they're still putting out awesome content, even though the team is not doing so good. Um, Which is hard. So, anyway, yeah. anyway, back to the schedule at hand and the up the upcoming schedule for just this week. Uh, there's a two day break on on February 10th, the 11th, but on the 12th, the Montreal Canadiens come to TD Garden for hopefully a Boston beatdown, like a seven to two beatdown, or like beat them down like the way they used to beat us down. That's right. My yeah. old enemy, my only enemy. I don't oh, care yeah. what anyone Gary says. Price, it's not Toronto. Price it's is Montreal. wrong, bitch. Yeah, oh, I do love Carey Price. He's had a he's a good, great goaltender. He's a, when it comes to goaltending, absolutely kudos to that freaking dude. And to play the way he does in front of a crappy team like that, oh yeah. Remember when people were like, "Oh, you should have kept Josie Theodore instead of Carey no. Price." Why would you have done that? I remember it was Halak. Yeah, that was like super long ago. Yeah. That yeah. was when Carey was a baby, but. Obviously but anyways, right I hate choice. the Montreal Canadiens. Why? Because I'm a Bruins fan. Not that I don't, not that I love the Toronto Maple Leafs. I hate them too. But the team, like right now I'm upset just thinking about the Montreal Canadiens. But they're coming to our building. And if we don't steamroll them at least for a w- seventh win, even if you lose the next one, you have to beat Montreal at home to say, hey, yep. take that Coach Claude, who I love. Miss you, Claude. You and, and on Tuesday night, uh, the my new bye week uh, pay has been sucking lately, as you've heard, but it also knocked me out of these t- tickets for that game on the new um, Rafters Club, I believe it's called. Um, it's an exclusive club up there. And it's $1,600 for the season, but you still have to buy individual tickets. But the good thing about that is that $1,600 gets you in for anything, Celtics, concerts, anything. So, I mean, it's kind of cool, but it's just, it's pretty expensive. But I had an opportunity to go up there for $100 a ticket, and it's really not that bad of a deal. But it just, things didn't work out because they don't have the money. I was like, can you wait till Friday the 14th when I get paid? <laughs> like, oh, I can't. I'm going to Foxwoods. I kind of need the cash. Yeah. So, but after after the, uh, the midweek on Wednesday night's action against the Habs, it's another two-day break, which is good for rest. But you're only resting yourself up against this terrible... Detroit Red Wings team that we're playing today at 12:30. So on Saturday, February 15th, there's another afternoon tilt. This time at TD Garden at 1 p.m. So the week looks good. I mean, I mean, just looking at the schedule right now, we played one, two, three, four, and gonna play five, five of the original six in a in a span of three weeks. So that's pretty cool. 
Montreal's pretty good away from home, though. They're 14-9-3, so... Shocking. And also, if they want to win a game, it's going to be they want to win against us or whatever. Yep. But, um, yep. yeah, the Red Wings watch, really that'll suck. That'll be the game. It'll be slow Bruins for them to, like, drop that one and then go in and truck... Um, Detroit on Saturday. And I just wanted to bring up that even though Sunday we obviously aren't going to talk about that game because that will already be happening. Whatever. We keep getting these Sunday games that are messing up between recording last week or this week, whatever. But it is another back-to-back at the end of next week. I just wanted to bring it up for everyone to when you're all hungover. for ponder. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) I'll probably be hungover. (laughs) There you go. You can sit kick back at 3.30 in the afternoon. You don't have to struggle through all of Sunday to see the Rangers game the next day. But I just also used that original six team, so I wanted to bring. You know me. I'm a long-term picture kind of girl. Absolutely. Uh, But, you know, it's really funny because Detroit, like, we keep saying they suck, and they do. Like, we're not pretending like they don't. Everyone knows it. You know, it's the elephant in the room of. Like, you could be the worst team ever, actually, going on that. I don't know if that's a real record or I just made it up in my own head. But we lost to them not that oh, long ago. Oh, I know. So it's like, I right know. today, like, next week it could be like, we lost the yeah. Red Wings, you know? So You know, and, 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 and you got to think heads about up, it. boys. Keep your heads up. You got to think about it. In the long-term aspect of, of hockey and the sport, and what recently happened with the um, – the, the, Steve Eisenman coming back into the organization now as the general manager, obviously. I, I honestly think that this could be the year that, or the time frame between the end of the season, using the draft and, uh, and free agency to really kind of uh, get the puzzle together for him and his team. Because, I mean, he obviously did it for many years in, in Tampa Bay. And, and you know, I, I, I know that... He wasn't there for the whole Stamkos thing and so on. He came in into, you know, uh, mid-tenure, whatever, if that's mm-hmm. even a term. But um, I, 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 he's a good GM. And, and when, when you get the pieces and, and the youth together, and they're going to probably draft high. They're, they're probably looking at uh, Alexei Lafreniere, uh, which is in the queue, and he's playing unbelievable. Um, so who knows? I mean, I mean, it, it, Eisenman's just got... Uh, a real good spot right now to do something regardless of his team's record and where they are in the in the league standing so well this whole year was all about for Detroit like assessing the situation and figuring out like what's staying what's going and getting into real like rebuild mode like they've been in rebuild mode but kind of in like a not really situation and they are very young so like he's just been a taken survey of like the young pieces that seem like they'll be all right He's probably going to go out and get some veterans or, like, you know, whatever. Yep. Mid-upper-20s kind of players. And, you yeah. Know, you no, never know when one bumps up to their professional, profe- you know, NHL professional part of their career. But needs to probably get a little bit of veteran leadership down there to help them out. Because, really, I mean, it is hard when you have a team full of, like, 19 to 22-year-olds. Yeah. Like, who the hell is leading you need the mix. band? Yeah. I mean, look, yeah. At, look at the Bruins lineup right now. You know what I mean? There's so many... So many well-maintained veterans and and I love the way the organization is is starting to feel comfortable um and this is just my opinion on how younger players were because I just remember that narrative a while ago that they don't play the young kids and blah 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 I just think that they're now getting mixed in and so on because uh, all the veterans are coming to the close of their uh contracts the Bergerons the Krejci's the Rask and blah 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 and other kids these kids are getting the opportunity to show what they can do and you know for future sustainability as an NHL. One of the things that always annoyed me about that gripe about the young kids is just a lot of the fallacy about it. Just like you're 
and we all do it. I know I do it. Like your passion as a fan and your opinion about yeah. the, but like simple things like actually statistically Claude Julian didn't play young kids less. He trusted them maybe less than Cassidy, but he didn't give them ice time less. They give them about the same comparable. Both of them did the same thing. I'll give you a chance, but I don't have time to waste for you to, I can't give you 10 games to work out. Like right. you're up here for three games and I need you to be functional, you know? So like little things like that, like that the thing, but when they finally are actually having to be utilized, the kids are working out, which we've talked about in the past. Like, this organization for a long time put way too much on young players before they were ready. And sometimes you get a young kid like a Patrice Bergeron or a pass, like a little younger is yeah. more ready. And then sometimes you take a little bit to pop up, like when we had the crop of the Marshies and everyone, yep. you know, boy chucks of the world. It's a cycle. At, yeah. It's an absolute so, cycle. You go through times of you, seven years or you're making the playoffs all the time, but there's going to be that... We didn't make the playoffs, what, three straight seasons? Mm -hmm. And now we're make, you know, now we're starting to trend the other way. Well, and you just have to make smart decisions. Like, I'm sorry, like, as much as people want younger, flesher, flesher, <laughs> fresher blood, is it worth it we're if tied. your team is weaker? <laughs> no, I just can't keep up with your energy level. Jeez, I'm not, I'm going to drink this tea and wake the frig up. Um, also, too, isn't that a beautiful Bel Air? Sorry, there's it some is. pretty old cars on <laughs> TV. There's, not, there's no, no hockey-related thing going on in the studio right now. So we got the Meekum, um, the, what do they call that? Auto show? Yeah. Auto something? Oh, auction. Auction. Yeah, yeah so it's pretty cool. Wait I couldn't think of what the word for it was either. I'm not going to lie. I'm like, <laughs> something, it costs $24,000 for the car. What is that called? People bid. Um, anyways, um, the, it's looking good for the Bruins. We're heading into... You know, this the real. This is the part everyone Meat knows. And, and the <laughs> the St. Louis Blues, not to keep bringing their asses up again, but they they're about to. They proved last year that if you can figure out how to play this eight weeks of hockey, you could very well win the Stanley Cup. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's not a knock on them. Just saying, everybody knows they were the worst, worst to first. Like you know, Absolutely. happens every now and then. But I think if the Bruins just play their game. Don't go, oh, we're playing the Red Wings, you know, lay up a little bit. No, like, play just as hard against the Red Wings. I don't really care if their goal differential jumps 10 points. Like, you know, I just, whatever. That's all I have to say. Uh, and the Rangers on the Sunday, just for pre-preview of them, uh, they are the most mediocre of mediocre teams. They're, like, exactly fit. I expected differently. They're, like, it, they, I, they should be better than they are, but that's how, like, the bottom of the East kind yeah. of is. Like, you have, like, Detroit sucks, then you have a kind of, like, Jersey sucks, but not as much as Detroit. <laughs> But then you have like Philly and uh, Buffalo. Buffalo. Well, Buffalo's actually getting more to the sucky end down oh, there yeah. by like Ottawa and that or whatever. Uh, but like the Rangers and like Philly, like they are teams that are kind of like perfectly average teams. They sh Philly's played better than the Rangers, obviously. But teams like that, those are the ones also that get us because we don't go full hard against them necessarily. But. We tend, I don't know. Just be careful. We never beat the Rangers. Like, for some reason, they always beat us. Exactly. Or we'll end up in, like, a shootout, and God knows nobody needs that to happen in their life. And a show you can't beat. Great segue, by the way. Great. A uh, show you can't beat is a podcast called College Hockey, Inc. Uh, go to College Hockey, Inc. At, on Twitter, at College Hockey, and uh, check them out if you have any... Uh, questions about the game, about the level, about the development that you're going to see in that particular time frame of your life, give them a call. Uh, give them a call. Reach out on Twitter. Uh, Nate Ewell and Brett Brett Sloshman do a great job, and uh, we'll be right back. Passion, talent, development. NCAA hockey offers all that, and its players graduate at a 90% rate. 
Dylan Larkin. Backhand score! Wow, what a goal! Kevin Shattenkirk. Goal! And James Van Riemsdyk were stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you are a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. Champions of the college hockey world! All right, we are back. You just heard the great people at College Hockey Incorporated. Follow them on Twitter, at College Hockey Inc. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. It's just at College Hockey. I got to start reading that better. Um, but we are back to talk about some recent topics uh, throughout the week that, you know, jumped out at us uh, as we search on Twitter and, and social media conversations we've had over the week. Um, but... First and foremost, the most recent one is Brandon Carlo's absence from Saturday's game um, is is a little bit of concern. It, it's not, it's a, it's a, it, obviously it's a family thing that he had to go back to Colorado to uh, see family, but um, just heard that, I'm not sure who I heard from, I apologize, but in today's game against the Red Wings um, on the road, he it will be in Detroit in, in, in the lineup, so that is good. Uh, hopefully that, you know, whatever was, I don't want to speculate, but mm-hmm. it just sounds like maybe there might have been a death in the family. Um, and or something. Th- or something. Like fam- an emergency. You know. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So, um, but just want to, you know, obviously give uh, him and his family a shout out. Thoughts continue to them. So um, hopefully everything's okay and, and or will get better, um, regardless of the situation. But... Uh, as we talk about Brandon Carlo and missing the game, we would definitely have to bring him up because he's he's seemingly been the best defenseman this season, mm-hmm. um, in my eyes, and and is really starting to grow into his own. Um, the more responsibilities, more minutes, which earn responsibility, obviously, but uh, just a real good shutdown guy that's that knows how to box the uh, opposing players out, and um, you know it's just. It's good to see on the back end that it's growing like this with the, with the young players. We, we don't need to go out and, and get all these free agents that uh, short term. We're doing it from a, uh, a position of depth, you know, and it's good to see. Um, Brandon Carlo is awesome, and he is developing just like you want to see a young defenseman do. He isn't going to be your offensive defenseman. But he, to me, is like a classic defenseman that somehow fits perfectly into the new, faster, quicker, whatever kind of world that NHL players fit in, but still seems he has enough of like the old school kind of Chara defenseman in him, but he also has... Closes the gap. He also has quick feet and hands like the newer, you know, generation. So yeah. it seems to me like he's a timeless classic that's been dropped into the exact team that his kind of... He's... To me, I think that's what it is. Not just a classic defenseman, but, like, he is an old-school kind of Bruins defenseman without, like, you know. Shutdown. Yeah. Yep. Like, old, yeah. Not just, like, plain old shutdown defenseman. I just think, like, your overall attitude and whatever. And he's done exactly what he needs to do, and he grows every year. And this year, he's been the leader on the back end, not, you yeah. know, as much as people have worried about Charlie McAvoy or whatever and, you know, Tory Cruz the quarterback, and Chara's out there still doing his thing, but... Brandon Carlo is the most consistent thing we have, and he has been since about the springtime. Breaking news, Jeremy Lauzon has been suspended uh, two games. Two games? Two games, yeah. Uh, we will talk about why um, coming up shortly. That's on the topic list, but I just wanted to get that out. Player safety just came out and said that. 
sorry to jump ship here, but you know, I just saw it come on Twitter. So, um, yeah, Brandon, Brandon's been really good. And, and I, I honestly think that his game really thrived on, uh, the responsibilities that he gained, uh, during his first playoffs, uh, which was last year, uh, in 2019 and mm-hmm. the run that he went on. So, I mean, the expectation or the, uh, the bone in the bone in front of um, the Greyhound is certainly there with his with his growth into the game as a young man, and um, you know sometimes and I hate to say this, but I know that the, I'll probably get ridiculed for it, but I mean I could honestly see him being the next captain of this team, uh, and and I I don't see Bergeron being the type of player that wants to see. I think he's very a, a quiet leader. And and I, I sometimes I kind of get the feeling that if they give him the C, he's going to do the Joe Thornton and like not produce. There's too much expectations on him. And I'm not saying they're going to trade him or anything mm-hmm. like that. But it's just you know I think that he'd be the humble type of player, Bergeron, to say give it to the younger guys that that are going to grow that need to learn the, this type of uh, leadership and so on. And I think a guy like Brandon Garlo kind of fits that mold. Am I, am I, am I saying this too early, Heather? Um, I think if the rumblings have been that Charlie McAvoy will eventually be the captains of this team, I'm going to pick Brandon Carlo. Just as we, uh, kind of traditionally have a defenseman as our captain, this organization, uh, Brandon Carlo has, I think shown, and this isn't, I, I feel bad because I'm not trying to knock Charlie McAvoy. I just, right. I mean, he obviously has had his struggles this year. It's not like people haven't been talking about them. But overall, I feel like Brandon Carlo is growing at the rate he should be growing at. And Charlie McAvoy has kind of stumbled a little bit. And it's not even because I have unrealistic expectations. Like, Charlie McAvoy is a stud. But, I, yeah. you know, he's also a young kid that's still growing Time into to his grow. yeah. grown man. Yeah, you know, I'm definitely a fan that can be patient. But the, at the same time, I will get impatient at some point. Yeah. Like, there are some people that I keep hearing should be up on the Bruins. And I'm like, no, they should be shipped out if we can get a trade for maybe a get another pick in the draft or something that's equivalent that might actually be whatever. Uh, but I would take Brandon Carlo. He is, I think, I mean, he's held the bulk and he's held it together back there. Went through injuries, everyone else being, you know, on and off. He's been healthy and he's been our most solid defenseman since about March of last spring and he deserves all the credit in the world and sorry for whatever it is that you know he's had to step away for a day or two or whatever to figure out like what's going on with his in his personal life and I'm sorry to hear he has things going on there but as for doing his job and being the future one of the future cores of this team I think all day long he should be one of the pieces that he's being that the team's being built around and again that's at least the idea that we've been kind of led to believe Carlo and McAvoy are going to become the staple dudes on the back end, you know what I mean, and be the future. But uh, if you're talking franchise player, I'm going with Carlo at this point over McAvoy. And, again, just to all those haters that freaked out about Don, because Don Sweeney is such a funny character because everybody loves Don Sweeney because he's a Bruin, and we even if we hate our old players, we still love them, and we can't not. Uh Everyone freaked out. You didn't give Charlie McAvoy a long-term con, this and that. Well, it turns out maybe Don Sweeney was smart to not pull the trigger on a long-term con. You know, show he, me first. Show me, and you'll yep. get your money. He's like, I don't need this shit. I got other people to sign next you know year. I got fan. Brandon to sign right now. I got Tori to try and reset. Like, I don't need your crap. You know, I'm a huge fan of this of the short-term show me, but I th- I think that with the increased patience 
and the increased uh, leadership role that McAvoy could get also as a younger player. I'm not saying that they're going to put letters and numbers and whatever. Yeah, know. not now, but they're, they're young. They're, you giving, they're giving him a lot more, com- you know, they're committing to him, which is good. And that, that increases his game to a higher level and so on as, as, a, as an evolving professional. So I think his next deal is going to be big, but it's good when you look at it as a cap angle when you're going to have the money for him to get paid. He's young. He's, he's making, I'm, I'm not sure about the number. I think it's $4 million for yeah. the next two seasons. Yeah, it's like and, and Carlos, and $3 million for the next you know, three, whatever. I mean, those are good money. That those are good timing, though, because you're going to have caps going up. There's the promise of we're going to pay you if you know if you're here and so on, and you, and you produce your second contract will be a good one. But those are two valuable assets right there that we're talking about that are going to be huge on the. Um, it's not even depth anymore. Those guys are going to be like one and two or or uh, in the lines per, mm-hmm. per se. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? As they are now going to be the leaders for the next guys coming up. So now, like, a guy like Brandon Carlo is going to be the Chara to the next Charlie McAvoy yeah. on his side. So, it's, it, I mean, the future looks really good when you think about uh, placement of leadership. Right now, it's it, when you look at depth, now it's like players are coming to the end of the entry-level contracts, the RFAs with, with term to talk, but... You're bottlenecking everything when you only got six positions on your 23-man roster. So we'll see what happens with that. But I, I have to say about just one more thing about Brandon Carlo. I think with him too, last year, so like he had his first year, right? And he played with Chara all the time, and he was always with Dad Chara to help him out, which it should have been, you know. I mean, also not just to learn because they're kind of you know same style, whatever. Um, then sophomore year, he had a little bit of struggle, you know what I mean? Because everybody does their second year, right? Especially if you have a pretty good first year. You get like, oh my God, caught in your head or whatever, which is what we saw Charlie McAvoy also go through when he was in the midst of that. But Brandon Carlo, has, not only has he earned his more getting more responsibility this year, this year he's at a place in which he can uh, handle that extra responsibility. Like you were saying before in the past, it was like you had he had a lot of pressure put on him to maybe be more uh, grown than he really should have been in that position, you know, taking on too much. Uh, it was being put upon him. Now it's like he can absorb the minutes. He can make the smarter plays, you know, whatever. All that is all come together. And is, I just think that he's grown to a point where he can be that leader that he probably always had those things in him. But now he's finally mature enough in his own confidence and play that Okay, so uh, someone goes down in the second period. Well, now he's going to play thirty minutes, like just like like you said, he's the new Chara, you yep. know, kind of thing. So yep. I think that's important. That is one thing to say about Charlie McAvoy. That boy can play some minutes. Well, no yeah, matter if he can't always yeah, he move can. the thing. That and right. that overtime goal. Um, I, I I know we go we bust right through the um, the games of the of the week. Mm-hmm. You know, we we try to get that pat. You know, so we don't eat up a whole whole ton of talk about it, but. That goal was unbelievable. I'm I'm not sure who who gave the assist. Um, uh, it was Jake DeBrus. Yes, it and, was. Uh, but I for him to hustle right. through that, I know it's three on three and so on. And it's overtime, but for him to hustle uh, to get the puck, uh, pass it, and then bolt right up the ice, like go right through the offensive zone. I mean, the, the neutral zone into the uh, defense offensive zone, and put your stick down for a sweet pass. To end it right there for your first goal of the game was just 
it was it was good. So yeah. good on good on him. Debrusque and Krejci. I had to. I knew one of them was Debrusque. Just wanted to double check on Krejci. But I think, and I think it's funny to see like you're again to the chemistry in the room like you're so excited like it's not like it's his first goal he's ever scored but because it's been such a drought yeah. like yeah no, I get it. There. but um yeah that's that enough enough about our young studs on our blue line well yeah and then we go transition into our next topic is is about a player that i've always had high expectations for that others obviously have focused the hate on um, and I get it. I understand that he's not putting points on the board, uh, but for me, it's it's uh, it's your overall game. Um, but Danton Heinen misses his last four straight games, and folks are starting to speculate. Is my next topic that I'd like to talk about. He's he's not playing well. I get it. I absolutely understand that. And uh, it, if you're going to be sat for a game or two, to, to view the game from another perspective, which is obviously the ninth floor, um, is fine. Jake DeBrus has done it. Many players coming through, up through the system have done it, and they've learned that they don't want to do it again, and they play better, and they get gain more confidence. But now it's four games. So now I'm starting to speculate with the fans. I'm starting to think is... I believe that Danton Heinen is a very valued member of this Bruins organization because it's two-way play. He's just going through a slump. It happens, folks. It's not the end of the world when somebody goes through a slump. But for four games, now I'm saying, is his talent um, a value on the trade market? Absolutely. I, I say yes. I, I'm on the fence when you say, is he valuable on the team or is he valuable on the market? But now I'm saying it's like... Six, four, 15 days from the from the trade deadline, are they holding them back because there there might be a potential move involved? It kind of makes sense. It points me down the avenue of, you know, like we had our conversation about David Backus last week. You know, it, they're exploring options for him to play at the professional level because you know he doesn't want pride. I get it, but are they holding him back? A player like Danton Heinen per request because they don't want to see him hurt. Well, I don't know. I one, I think it might be part that, but I think it's mostly they. I don't know. It's it's hard to tell what's going on because I've also heard like maybe Heinen's hurt, but nobody wants to say he's hurt yet. You know, he's just kind of something that or whatever to not necessarily say he's on injured reserve when you can just healthy scratch him. Um, I guess let's just look at Heinen's numbers. So he's played two hundred and thirteen games, right? We haven't seen him in the last four games, which I agree with you. It's one thing to sit somebody for a game. I'm more like, if you can sit him for a couple shifts in game and fix it, good. If you need to sit their ass down for a game or two, good. I personally think that Heinen's, even if he's not playing very well, is too important to the makeup of the team for him to have sat for four games. That leads me to two things. He's either injured, but not injured enough. Anybody wants to call it injury, so you have to go through all the paperwork and all of that. Again, you can just healthy scratch him all day long. Uh, you know, I mean, till there's red flags going up, what's going on. Right. But either way, you still pay him, you know, yeah. whatever. Or he's going to be part of a trade package, which I'm not saying that Heinen isn't replaceable or that there aren't other people. But again, I'm looking like, I'm sorry, but Par, I'm, I don't want Par Lindholm or Brett Ritchie to get called back up to be like that role. Like, I think Heinen is more important to this team overall in his play. But he's played 213 games 
He's got 34 goals, 68 assists for 102 points, and he's a plus 27, which I know no one cares about. But if you're going to look at long-term statistics, that's pretty good. Yeah. This year, he's got 51 games played with seven goals, 14 assists, and 21 points. And he's still on the plus side of that, which I know isn't like the same as analytics breakdown, but whatever. What do you want me to do? It's just a Sunday afternoon, people. I'm not getting into that. Like, I don't have the... I would like us to talk about more about the anal- analytics, like kind of sick coursey, but I don't have the time and energy to learn about that in depth of it and for us to do that. So for now, this is what we have. That leads me when you look and you look at like who has points or whatever, you know, like the team point board. Dan Heinen, like he is at the top of the everybody else, right? Like we talked about, we have five or six people who are the point getters. And everyone else, we hope, are getting into the point-getting situation. There is a drop-off. But I don't remember him playing so poorly that he needed to be sat for four games. And if you're trying to package him in a deal, unless you already have one done and you're holding on to it, why would you not want him playing so he is being showcased? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, Because people, anybody looking for a player like Danton Heinen, and even if it's just his contract, which... Yeah, it got a little messy going into the contracts, but he I don't think he was incorrect to say, I want my money. You know what I mean, right. either. And he did, but he's not such an unreasonable idea. There are other people we are also paying comparable prices that, mm. you know, positionally that you're like, well, you're not really earning your 2.5 mil either. Uh, so I don't, I don't understand it. I personally think that Heinen is important on this team, but he is a good trade bait, like package him in a deal kind Absolutely. of thing. But I'm also leaning towards, I'm a little confused by this though, because his cat, what are we going to do? We're just going to trade him for another two point, whatever million dollar player or whatever kind well, of, pro- the, you know. At this point, if you make a deal, what goes out yeah, is the, the same, same, is the same that comes back because there's right. no wiggle room. And I feel I don't like. don't give a shit what you talk about cap space. Okay. I don't. Cap space, I don't know what that, but... Even, no, no, I'm, I'm, that's a call-out. Okay, cool. Well, I don't know what that means, seems but... Somebody to think that we I'm have gonna, $4 million in cap, and we don't. I'm going to call this out. Oh, we, def, we don't even have $400 in cap, practically. I don't know. You can say that. But for me, I, I, I'm i a little confused, though, thinking about him getting traded, because I can't really see... Again, you're just going to get a, a Danton-like player back, so you might as well at least keep him through this season and see right. what you can do in the, in the spring or whatever. I mean, in summertime, but... I am under the impression like Bruce Cassidy likes him and that, you know, Don Sweeney like you know what I mean? That's why they kind of, okay, okay, you can have 2.8 or whatever. Like, you know, right. Like, all right, enough. Get, go away. You have a summer. Like, I can't, I, I don't know. I just, I'm not sure what's going on. I want, I don't want to hope that he's hurt. I want to hope that it's maybe he has a naggy kind of injury or a flu, you know. But I they normally that just been say that. Yeah. yeah, I don't, I don't know. But I hope. Unless it's a big trade that's coming and he's packaged in with, like, we're getting more back. Because, like you said, cap yeah. space, even if you're, like, he's, the differential of everyone's contracts for the remainder of the year, whatever, all the, like, you know, accountant speak, Gary Bettman yeah. people kind of love. I'm a little confused because I can't think he has played so poorly that you need he needs to be benched for four games. Right. <laughs> Unless there's something off ice that nobody's known about. But this is Boston, and by now someone would have dug it up. Yep. I agree. Well, I mean, I guess that's all I have on Dan Heinen. I think it's stupid if we get rid of him. I can see why he would be a shiny, you know, part of a shiny package. Yep. But I'm a little concerned because unless he's hurt, again, his play hasn't been so bad. I don't don't know. Not well, but not horrible. All right. So moving on to the next topic, which kind of involves him again, is with the departure of him off the roster uh, short term, uh, we'll see 
uh, remains to be seen, is the, uh, to me, the new formed third line, which I used to call the Boeing line, which was my Boeing, you oh, know. I know, Beavis, I know. Okay. But, uh, you know, that, that was uh, Coyle, Bjork, and Heinen. Mm-hmm. But now Heinen's uh, not in the picture, but Corrali has been moved up. And you've known from past shows of me uh, saying that I do not like the Corrali upward placement uh, anywhere, uh, especially at center. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of Corrali at the fourth line center. Um, but I'm seeing something different, and, and so is Bruins Nation. When you move, slot him over to the left side, and now you've got Coyle centering Bjork and, and him. Wow, uh, the past couple of games that this these these guys have played has been really good. It's been like a shutdown line, a puck possession monster. I mean, Dan, I mean, Anders Bjork has been so good at his puck possession along with Coyle. I think that's I think they're like kind of feeding off of each other, learning, talking on the benches, they're sitting right next to each other, and um, the addition of Corrali, his speed, his grit, and so on has been really good. And it's like. It's almost like you're not using your fourth line anymore to match up with the uh, opponent's first lines. Now it's your third versus the one, and it's and it's something to see, and hopefully it continues. My biggest gripe about Butch is his inconsistencies with leaving things alone. Like when things, I mean, don't stop putting coil on the right side. I'm going to smack your hand. Seriously. Smack, smack, smack. Leave him at center. He, that's his strong point, whether it be... Third line center for the remainder of this season. Second line sec- center next season if if um if Krejci gets traded or or even the year after when he departs the team and the Bruins can't retain him or bring him back because of cap issues. Regardless, that's that's his time to move and that's when he'll be slotted. Just don't put him on the right side because he doesn't look comfortable. Thoughts? We need a fourth line going towards the playoffs. That's <laughs> yeah. what I'm thinking. Yes. So if you're going to do that, I'm sorry, whatever, with your Boeing line or whatever, uh, this goes back to, yeah, what are we going to do? Like, if Hine, like I don't know. Parlin Holmes now? You, like, who's center? Who, who would you want to be the person leading the charge in that last, which is always kind of our yeah. kind of line, like, yeah. you know, the sock em to me, baby line. Exactly. Like, who... I don't know. I don't know. Listen, listen. In golf terms, I want a. We birdie. have too many. I want a birdie, not a par. Okay. I don't. I'm. I, I don't. I don't get this guy. I, I want a Danton, not a par. I know. What you're I don't saying. get this guy. I don't. I, get honestly, in his placement, I mean, I get it. He's a. He's a. A good special teams guy on the on the penalty kill and blah blah blah. But I. I don't know that 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 fourth line has now, which was so strong last year, was is is like disappeared this year. I mean, I can get. You know that's one of my biggest issues with Cassidy is when he's just like willy nilly moving things. I'm not willy nilly. I'm sure it's well thought out, but in my eyes and my like stupid fan brain, I'm going, "What the hell are you doing?" I know it's not just me because other people say it as well. Yes, I understand. Maybe you got to shake it up a little bit, especially because Corrali has been in a funk this year. I don't know what's going on, but he hasn't been himself, and he's had moments where he's like, "Oh, all right, there you are, baby." Like, but mm, overall, so I get that. But is this like a good, I don't know if we can judge in this couple games whether this is a good permanent move for that line. You know, like I don't, it makes me nervous for like that. I get like your fourth line player, people are like, oh, your fourth line isn't this poor. No, but I do think that it, the teams that win have four lines 
And when we're at our best, we have four lines clicking. I need to get rid of the parlance. Can't I just get a different million-dollar player? Like, can't there be someone over there? And then now you got me worried. Like, Danton Heinen, like, I don't know who out there might be available that's comparable, you know, to the skill set that anyone's willing to give up right now before playoffs start. Like, all those players are taken. And I have a major issue with that. This team has a lot of players that are, like, the exact same player. The exact same player. on <laughs> Like, they all are pretty, like... We have a good, like, 10 players in the system that could all be the third and fourth line players. Yeah, exactly. That could maybe slot up to the second line as exactly. necessary kind I'd of thing. I'd love to see Frederick at center. That See, I'm not on Frederick. As I'm a not four, a, as a I'm fourth not a liner? Fr- I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I'm, I'm not as enamored with uh, Trent Frederick as other people seem to be. Neither am I with, like, Anton Bleak. I'm the only one in the room. You're calling me out? Blue, no, I just... Well, you're not the only one. I've told you, Bert, like, yeah, you're never getting me on the front. Like, great if he does actually find right. whatever, but overall, I don't. Just because, like, I know this to be true because no one talks about him and suffer under these circumstances. Yeah. There's an injury and they have to rotate someone through, or we get into, like, are we tough enough or whatever. Like, I'm not glamming for him, but if there's an opportunity, I'd love to see it. I'm not calling mm-hmm. Sweeney out because he's not there. I'm not that type of fan at this moment. He's just Offensively... He's still got to learn a lot more. Okay, offensively though, like we need to look around and say how many fucking centers or yeah. left shots do we need in our in one team that are never gonna either be up on the big or whatever and like get clear house because if the problem is maybe shots. we need someone who's a, the team. Remember for the longest time we only had. Remember when it was like we only had a couple left shots? It was like Chara and Krug and like one other. Right. And it was all right shots. We gotta get a left shot person. La la la. Now we're. I feel like, like I'm on a boat. Yeah, like, it's like certain times, like certain a, years, you're, you got too many. For the record, too, no offense, I feel the same way about uh, Anton Bleed, too. I'm like, he is, I'm so indifferent about this player. It hurts. Like, I just, oh, yeah, like, every time he pops up, whatever. Um, yeah, I don't know. So, like, for, as not that we're going to talk about trade talk today, but just to kind of wrap up what's going on, Heinen, you know, what thing. We got to shore up the team but the team doesn't need that much like sandbags or whatever to let the water not come in. And I'm afraid to trade tit for tat and only tat doesn't give me anything different than tit here. And agreed. I don't know. So I don't know. All I know is I'm sick of looking around and it's like literally 10 interchangeable players. That's kind of boring. Like we need to, if we're going to shake it up, let's shake it up, man. Like we don't make a decision. Absolutely. I mean, I'm not pressuring you, Don. I know, I trust you. Even if other people don't, I trust you to do the mostly right thing. Yeah, I believe you will. Um, I don't blame you for some of the ways things have turned out. Oh, my God. So, what, what? What's going on? All right, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we'll be right back after these commercial messages from the uh, store next door at... Um, the store the, next door. The, the store next door.ca. Very sorry about that. Uh, we'll be right back. There's a lot of people with disabilities that can't just go out and find a job. So we set out to create a business to fill those needs, one stick at a time. 
Store Gift Shop is a Yarmouth-based manufacturer and retail outlet store. So we make great ideas that any of our employees come up with, and we reuse and recycle as much as possible. Our most popular item is probably our hockey furniture. And we take broken hockey sticks and turn them into different products. We go through a lot of hockey sticks. A lot. A whole lot. Considering that it's only been a year and we're shipping internationally, I think that that's been a huge success. Most people's reactions are, wow, you do this here. We don't accept can't here. Everyone here learns in different ways, but we want to give everybody every opportunity to find exactly what works for them. There's nothing better than when a customer buys something and then one of our employees say, I made that. They have meaningful lives and build things they can be proud of and get a paycheck for it. I'm Amy Acker and we change lives one job at a time. And we are back after hearing from the great folks at the store next door.ca, a fantastic Yarmouth uh, Nova Scotia based company doing great things for awesome people. Um, awesome, unbelievable hockey um, recycle. They recycle hockey sticks and make um, awesome furniture out of it. Uh, go check them out. TheStoreNextDoor.ca. Um, yeah, definitely give them, give them a shout and buy something. Unbelievable stuff. So, all right, so uh, now that I'm just fumbling here on the return, the back to the list of topics we're going to talk about. Uh, Jeremy Lawson um, hit last night and yesterday afternoon's game, sorry, on Derek Stefan. Um, this, this was a tough one for me. Uh, a lot of battles going back on social media about um, what, it, what it was and what it is and who believes what. Uh, that was a tough one for me because it, it, the whole thing came blindside. Um, and regardless if it was head contact and so on, I get that Jeremy said in his post-game interview that he was just following through with his check and try, trying to think he was doing the right thing for his team. Um, he just, it was just totally blindsided. I don't think Derek Stefan saw it at all. Um, but unfortunately, like we just said earlier, in kind of like the breaking news, the NHL Players Safety um, Committee or board uh, came back and said that he is suspended for two games for that hit. The thing about the whole thing is, and, and hopefully Derek Stefan's okay, obviously he is because he went through his protocol and came back and played the remainder of the game and didn't look out of sorts. Um, and I like what Matt Kalman said on Twitter. is like, okay, um, Derek Stefan's back. Can can Jeremy Lawson come out of the, uh, can come back on the ice too. So um, that was pretty cool. But problems with that, uh, there was no call on the McAvoy hit that Lawson Krause did, and and McAvoy saw the whole thing coming at him. They were face to face. There was no blindside, nothing, and Krause still went up high and got contact with McAvoy's head. Uh, the end result of that was a roughing call, but I think that that should have been reviewed as well. I don't understand why the Lauzon gets suspended two games, which I think I I, I kind I'm of surprised about the two games. I thought he was going to get a game. Yeah, easy. Uh, but the two games is a little much for somebody that doesn't have history. You know what I'm saying? Well, we don't live in a world where that matters anymore. We it live in a world to... where you know they let the criminals run the asylum and make the assessments on what people should be getting. Like I'd like to sometimes say to George Paros, well, you know, I wonder how many games you should have gotten then for oh, yeah. ex enter the whatever. You know what I mean? I do, of the guys that have been in charge, I do give 
uh, Brendan Shanahan when he was in charge a little more leeway because he's a skilled player and a, that kind of gritty, you know. So yep. he kind of played both sides and I think had a more neutral view of the situation. I get they want to send messages. Now, the McAvoy hit, <clears throat> that doesn't mean it won't. Uh, when he got hit, they do still they can still review things. So that doesn't mean that guy isn't going to maybe end up in trouble. I do have to say, though, as for the penalties that were called, I think the penalties that were called on the ice should have been what they were. Like, do you know what I mean? Uh, the Lozon hit, I, it's not because I think he did it maliciously, but that was obviously blindside. His primary point, he hit him high. Like, mm-hmm. he, it wasn't like, you know, ironically within the rules, I get you can, like, crush up and just strategically bump off a shoulder and then crush someone's skull, and right. it's not, which, again, would be reviewed, and you'd still get in trouble. Right. But on ice, you can only call it elbow or whatever, whatever they can call at the thing. You actually could do more damage that way, but anytime someone goes near ahead, I think it should automatically be a no-no. Now, this is sometimes, yes, there is sometimes incidental contact. That's why it gets reviewed after the point. You know what I mean? That's why you can end up getting a roughing two-minute on the ice and then end up with a game suspension later. So we don't, like, I guess the call's still out on that. But as for our guy, our guy definitely hit him high blindsided, and I'm a little surprised with the two game. I don't know. Like, because there are no distinct rules of how you get... Like, you'd think by now there would be a clear, distinct system. Like, first offense this, second offense right, that. that right. But they don't, right? Like, really. Like, obviously, if you get more time, like, you know, like the Tom Wilsons and the Brad Marshalls well, are always up for maybe more because of their histories or whatever. Not just them. They're just the two people that pop to mind. Uh, but the McAvoy hit, like, I, again, I agree. But he at least could see what was coming and could have protected himself. And Derek, he finished the game and everything, you know, whatever. But at the same time, maybe that what they're trying to do is show this young player, like, get it out of you. Get, like, don't even go that high. Like, be more aware. Because even if you watch when he's finishing his check, he's no longer even watching where he's throwing the check before no, he's, he's actually throw, going you, right completing through completing through it. You yeah. know, he's already looking over here, which I get when you throw your check, you're looking to get back in the play, like, what's going on. But before he was even done with the check, he was already turning and looking the other way. But he could see his target, and the target could not see him at all, you know, so thank God he only glanced off him. It could have been worse, and again, I don't think Lozon's intent was to hurt, you know what I mean, but... So, uh, the thing with me is uh, the the Lozon suspension just came out a little while ago, uh, before the game. Now, timeline and review would, would have me think that if Lawson Cross was going to get any supplemental discipline on his actions and after that, which looked like if you're targeting, if we were targeting uh, Stefan, that they would target one of our guys and McAvoy is one of our better players. Um, I, I would think that he would have gotten something too. And, and no, I don't think that he will because um, if this came out now, then I would have gotten a tweet uh, notification of Kraus getting suspended as well. So, I, I don't think they're going to do it. I think I think the only person that's going to get suspended out of this whole thing is Lauzon. That's unfortunate. Um, I, I, I mean... It is unfortunate. And this brings us back to, like, I don't know how many episodes we had a discussion or even we got it got so heated that we, it was probably in an argument at that time about the consistency in refereeing. Mm. Your officiating has been terrible. Let's get... Especially in headshots. The league is so on top of trying to get this right. Then... You've got to create consistency. You've got to get better. It's just it's just maddening to see. Was the primary where were the spotters on that call? 
McAvoy was down a little bit. I mean, no, no, no. What I was going to say was the primary contact definitely his head. He was he went up high with his hands. Right, like but but head. part of what they look at, I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but part of what they look at too is like like say the Lozon hit was definitely head. Like there was no like diddy bump off the bat. Like whatever. Boom. Right. But like I said, they look at it differently though too. If that's not your primary point of contact, so that. Could be why, like, you know, obviously Lozon got an immediate, like, we'd like to have a word with you. You know what I mean? Because of yeah. the the penalty he received and whatever. And by the way, looking at this week, there were a lot of, like, game misconducts and, you know, things like that. 10-minute oh, yeah. penalties handed out. Not just to us, nasty. but our opponies, opponents to our opponents. Right. <laughs> opponents. Um, I mean, I don't know. So that could also be part of the factor of, like, was it... Not that it might not be being reviewed, but has he hasn't been called about it yet. They're gonna look at it given the what he got on the ice. Was it primary contact ahead or was that secondary? Um, did Charlie McAvoy also get to finish? That's why I'm surprised it's one, yeah. two games instead of one on the lows on because dude did get to finish the game. Now had he not, maybe they, you were trying to send a message right. and cut the shit off. Right. Uh, I don't know. It just there's Especially no with his history. Yeah. His history would dictate that. Like if if the guy was injured. I could see an extra game. Mm-hmm. but That was definitely a one-game suspension, but not a two. I right. do disagree with that. And, I again, I don't think it was like a – it was dirty in the sense that it was definitely blindside, you know what I mean, kind of thing. Yeah. But I don't think it was like an, an, a hit that was intent – he was intending to try and like right. totally crush him, keep it – like more like he was just trying to pin him to the boards, bump him to the boards, and get him out of the action kind of hit. Um Yep. Well, Sean Corrales looking a little heated in his yes, eyes we right are, now. We are watching the game now. The game just started a little while ago against the Detroit Red oh. Wings on Sunday, uh, February 9th. So, um, moving on to another topic is uh, Jack Edwards said mentioned something in a previous game. I'm not sure which one it was. I couldn't find any video on it, but he was talking about composite sticks and the future of them. Um. He mentioned that there's a new um, material out. I work with with um, with carbon fiber and and uh, and fiberglass and and so on. So I kind of have a, a an idea of what's going, what they're talking about, and so on. But there's this new um, material out. It's called Fibrite. And uh, and if anybody listened to <clears throat> what Jack said uh, in a previous game. This is very interesting stuff to me because this is what I do on a regular, my regular 40. Um, but it's uh, it's very expensive. And skiers use it on the tips and the heels of their skis uh, to cut down on vibrations and breaking and so on. Um, and the, you know, skis are $900, as Jack said on the, on that certain segment of the, uh, the pregame show. And um, nine hundred dollars per per a ski. I mean, uh, a set is is expensive. Mm. Um, <clears throat> but they're saying that hockey sticks could be made out of this in the future, and virtually indestructible because this is is technically the strongest fiber in the world, and um, <laughs> the numbers were absolutely crazy. Now listen. I am just, I'm going to say two numbers because I don't remember exactly which one it was. And like I said, I can't find any information on it. So if anybody has information out there on social media that is following me, let me know. But I couldn't even find anything at work about it. But they say it's either $4,300 a pound or $43,000 a pound. I'm not sure. The $43,000 might be a stretch. Yeah. But 
regardless, if a hockey stick costs now sixteen to two thousand dollars to make and it's indestructible, you don't have to buy four or five of them now and not hundreds uh, in a session or, or a season. That could be very expensive. Um, but the the uh, it is so interesting to hear him talk about it because uh, I know he's a big proponent of the of the uh, of the new technology coming into these this type of materials and so on because you know when 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 something breaks on ice you definitely hear it from him every time and speaking of the sticks uh, Maddie Ports of uh, on Twitter and he writes for the Boston Globe uh, mentioned the NHL player sticks are highly specialized tools made in small batches about 75% of them are made in China China is uh, but all but shut down because of uh, the coronavirus. And he, there's an, he wrote an article about it, which I'm definitely going to get into more because I just got this before the, uh, the show started. But that's, that's an interesting stuff too, that they, the, uh, a majority of the sticks are being made over there and that country is unfortunately going through some tough times with disease and so on. Um, it's crazy times. But um, as a parent... I got to ask you, uh, and you have you have a child that's going through Amesbury Youth Hockey right now, in, enlisted in the uh, USA Hockey. You know, you guys are, are USA yeah. Hockey parents and so yeah. on. Um, how does the future hold for you guys when you have have a very minimal budget on 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 sticks that are so expensive that you know they could either make or break a season at some point. I was going to say, so I also have an older son who played almost through all his years of youth hockey. He didn't play last year, Bantam. But so it's, we've kind of been watching the evolution of sticks. Like when my, my older son always played with a wood stick until we couldn't find just a pure wood stick. And then he ended up with like wood shaft and like the composite wood kind of fiber uh, on the blade. Like, I feel like. So, like, my five-year-old, his stick is still only $80 like dollars or whatever for a reasonably good stick, you know. He's still young enough. You don't have to. I'm sure there are sticks out for his age, too, that also cost $300. But the average hockey stick by the time your kid is in, like, fourth grade is, like, $200, $300. Like, because, like anything else, you want the best and to get the best. But the technology maybe for the... Um, I guess, like, this kind of technology will be good for, like, professional hockey players, stuff like that, because in the long run, you are going to be saving money. But what I'm worried about is when this kind of technology trickles down to the average, like, just hockey families in the world trying to have sticks. And again, once your kid's a certain age, you need two sticks on hand because you're more likely to shatter your stick. I'm worried that that means kids literally are going to end up in the next five years being priced out of hockey because their family can't afford a freaking hockey stick that is like half their, you know, well, whatever, a quarter of their tuition for the year for the season kind of thing. That makes me nervous. Like, I, unless you are a high-level player, athlete, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. if you're an elite or you're going to college, like, you're that type of player or you're going to juniors or you're definitely on yeah. track to be a professional, whatever you're, maybe those sticks and stuff and that technology will be perfect for those people. But what concerns me is that, as much as everybody ends up benefiting from the technology, price-wise, like, that's a lot. Like, I don't care if you only have to buy five. $1,600 for a stick, that's, like, 
ridiculous. Like, even if you have to buy five, that's a down payment on a house, practically, kind of thing, or a condo. And yeah, this is crazy. Nothing is worth that much. And like I said, I mean, but sticks, like, and I guess in any sport, I'm particularly a hockey parent, you know, but you want to get the best of everything, you know what I mean? But the best skates... There's really not that big of a price differential between your elitist kind of skate and your like really good just normal Bauer type, you know, Bauer or CC or whatever company your particular family or right. your player, I guess, player. I always let my kids pick out what they thought was comfortable. Do you know what I mean? I have yeah. one kid that was a Bauer kid. This one's a CCM kid. Uh, I don't know. It just makes me concerned because like that's great for like the Zidane showers of the world are probably going to snap a stick a hundred times. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But for yeah. like... The your average, even a really good 10-year-old, like when that technology trickles down, it's not going to get that much cheaper if it's already starting. I mean, it took a well, decade before a VCR didn't cost five grand. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Well, the, um, the interesting part about this conversation was uh, this material being used in a professional level. And, and who's at cost at that point? Is it the? Uh, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, a team uh, per the CBA and the players union and so on that is a, it is a tool of your work. Mm -hmm. So it's on the organ the organization to pay for that. Yeah, like all the players' equipment. So now now the prices go up and everything like that. Now it's going to be like a, a a bargaining tool on contracts. So if if we have to buy your sticks. You know how much money that is? Well, now shave off of what you want on on the dollar value, which I don't I don't I don't know about that. I could be way off on that conversation, but it is going to be expensive no matter what. And if that's going to be the standards later, uh, the the league and the team have got to stop step in and, and and do something about it or split the cost with the player. You know what I mean? That's the only thing I could think of. Yeah, like, like as a player, if you want to use this type of stick, you have to foot yeah, the cost, exactly. which doesn't necessarily seem unreasonable especially since they aren't in the mainstream market like once they're mainstream then that's something to yes. like negotiate it's kind of the common place like it's common to have x kind of gloves or what you know and when well, you obviously wore when you just mentioned the word mainstream jack also said in the, it, this is a new thing that new technology that's coming through so it's very expensive now but once a year to five years to maybe even seven years down the road the market could dictate the prices go down because it's now that it's being more popular and and everybody's making more money and so on that they can adjust the price on everything. See, I'm kind of iffy on that though because in the same time where that will be coming down from $1,600, which is kind of a ridiculous price to start with. Down to 1000 In the meanwhile, <laughs> Still, normal crazy. composite or hybrid sticks have been rising in price to the point, you know, like I said, I'm lucky because my kid, this kid's three feet, three and a half feet tall still. Still, 80 bucks for a kid that's this tall, you know, whatever. But I mean, it's a good, I mean, we, you, know, you want to get a solid stick, you know, you're not going to skimp on it. But at the same time, imagine like when your kid's that age, they go through growth spurt yeah. and you're going you to, it's not as to easy to manipulate you these sticks the way they used to, yep. you know, and it just makes me nervous. Like the normal technology we have now has been skyrocketing like you would think the price of composite sticks would have been coming down over the last five years but they're not they keep steadily because they keep changing the technology the littlest bit and just like anything else in life you know like someone can resell you the same car if they're like oh and now this one has backup cameras and suddenly <laughs> you'll pay and actually you know yeah i don't know it just it concerns me like especially when it comes to like when it does become mainstream Access to hockey is already hard enough, like financially for a lot of people. I mean, that's anybody who knows anything about hockey knows that they're yeah. like families, even though if you're a family that can just afford hockey seasons and maybe two teams for your kid or whatever kind of craziness, 
that's still a lot of money, even right. for people who do have money. So like, I'm worried about what happens when maybe you have this kid who didn't grow up in the best, you know, didn't grow up by the lake in Chicago and they grew up in a different section, but now like he gets to Lake second Shore year. Lakeshore Drive. Yeah, Lake, let, Lake second, Lake Shore Drive. second year squirt and now suddenly he can't play because yeah. the stick costs the same as half his tuition or whatever. I'm still skating well, with Sherwood 50-30 and I bought a pack of five of them and they're wood. Yeah. That's kind of, that looks a lot like the one, like, because again, Sebastian, he always had, there was Sherwood and something else. He 25 had, like, bucks. He had, he had like the, well, his were a I little bit more. I think it was an more. Avery skating sports shop uh, going going out of business sale. He probably had a little thing with that, but they did have for a while like Forsberg and like different like, st- you know what I mean? My problem yeah. with him is he's a left shot, so it's always hard to find. I'm like, why do you got to be the only lefty in the world that also shoots left? <laughs> like, it just, it's like the Bruins problem. Yeah. <laughs> Too many left shots. Exactly. So, But no, I just, I mean, I think advancement in technology is good. I also worry about the cost um, down the road to just kind of the average. I mean, for all the very little people who play to the elitist of levels that you can play, there's millions of kids that don't. And right. what happens with them, you know? All right. Moving on to our next topic. The TD Garden has gotten some upgrades recently. Oh, no, I'm sorry. They should be getting upgrades over the off-season. I jumped the gun a little bit there. Um, the people have spoken earlier in our show. Uh, I think it was uh, during the off-season. We talked about the TD Garden doing upgrades to the seats. They're adding more. They're doing things on the top level, on the ninth floor, making everything a, a very good experience for all levels, uh, no matter if it's corporate or or just a regular fan. Uh, there's a place for everybody. So um, the balcony seats are now not going to be cushioned anymore. And I, they're going to have smaller armrests. And smaller armrests. The um, I have what Latimer, Amy Latimer is the president of TD Garden, for those of you who don't know. And frankly, I only know because I'm reading this article. Uh, but this is what her statement was. Dear TD Garden guests, as the Bruins and Celtics hit the midseason point, we are excited about their performance thus far. All of us at the TD Garden hope that you are enjoying the new spaces and amenities that we were unveiled this fall as part of the arena's legendary transformation. Just to cut in, they have recognized that the fans are pissed about the leg room and stuff yeah. like that. Oh, they yeah. have. One component of this transformation was to replace the 24-year-old seats in the arena. Uh, through guest feedback, we recognize that there are some areas of concern regarding new seats, especially legroom and comfort. We were able to make immediate modifications to address some concerns, such as adjusting all low seats back angles to improve legroom. In the balcony, we found that the new plush cushioning armrest design and overall ergonomics were contributing to discomfort. Based on that, and for the recommendations provided by seating consultants, we will be replacing balcony seats and armrests. The new seats, similar in size, will have a custom narrower armrest and a non-padded seat base and a seat uh, back to improve leg room and comfort. The work will take place in this off-season. We regret any inconvenience that this may have caused you this season. We have appreciated your feedback and look forward to continuing to provide fans with the best possible experience. Thank you for your patience and understanding. Amy Latimer, President TD Bank. Or TD okay. Garden, not TD Bank. Okay, here's my problem about this whole thing. Okay. All right, feedback. Lay it on me. Feedback is the key word here, okay? The reason why I pick feedback is lack thereof. 
lack thereof to get the proper feedback before. Now, I don't care. It's somebody else's money. I get it. The corporations, they have a boatload of it. They're probably wheelbarrowing it around TD Garden right now as the, as the, the Bruins are playing Detroit in Detroit. But here's your thing. You should have done things to, to prepare for this. You should have reached out to your, your faithful fan base that pays you season tickets, not just any fan that goes there, it doesn't, regardless of if it's a game or if it's, if it's 41. The guys that pay 40, that, that pay 41 game money, either that one ticket or multiple, should have been given the option to go at a mock-up and say, what do you think? What do you think? But, and I get it, it's being, it's being recognized, it's being heard, and it's going to be sought out over the offseason. But for this season, it's a huge inconvenience to your fan base. And to the people that are putting the money in those wheelbarrows that you are running around with, those people should have been thought of first, regardless if it's a year inconvenience or not. And I think that that is wrong. I, I, don't, I don't get why people can't do R&D anymore. You know, do you have that much money that you could just make those changes and just go, okay, we'll see what happens? And then he, it's just the fact is that people are saying things about it and they're not nice. Hmm. You guys had to know at some point, me, geez, you know, you know our fan base, oh, they're going to snap at this. That never went through your mind when you were sitting there and a tall person was uncomfortable on that board? I don't get it. What bothers me is when you say it's to like give you a better... And I'm not saying there have been... like The garden literally looks like a different building at this point. It's crazy. Like it's not, you know what I mean? It's, it's so weird. And it's an older building, but it's really not old in the grand scheme. Like We've definitely gotten a newer building before some other people have. But I agree with you. Like It doesn't seem to me like you have all sorts of people, consultants or whatever, good seating consultants. I hope not the same seating consultants that told you this was a good idea in the first place. But I hate when companies say things like, you know, to enhance the viewer experience or to shove more fucking seats in there for you. Yeah, I'm not like, a big word guy, use, but you had to throw that it's one It's like in? the way things work in the synergy of like the, like the easiest to get or easier for people to get around or whatever. First of all, you're all smushed up there anyway, so... I don't really know how much more comfort you're going to make it, but seems to me I it's not the... Oh, oh good. Well, oh Charlie God. Max getting hit. We're just, Dad, we we're just back saw, to this. We, we, I just, uh, we've had problems with my internet, so and we just saw, we're watching the Detroit game, Bruins game, so and, and we just saw the Charlie McAvoy hit from behind, or I don't know if that was... I don't know what to call that. But anyway, the seats. If it's you, just, it, yeah, if... At minimum, you could have asked your season ticket holders to, you could have put five, have Try it 500 out. fake Fill ass this. seats somewhere and had them sit and Fill see what it Fill the survey out on your, on your thoughts. So. Anyway, uh, getting a little distracted. Yeah, here, but, but that that's the plans. More renovations. So what's good is that by late summer, we should have lots of complaints to talk about when <laughs> hockey hasn't started yet. Because yeah, if, we, if we need summer content, I'm sure we'll, we'll definitely No, but sadly, it. they do have enough money. Like, And that's the whole thing. Money I'm not really waste. someone who needs a lot, but like people pay a effing lot of money to be able to go to a Celtics game or a bro like the prices are ridiculous it's like everywhere it's like but like with Fenway you can at least understand cuz it's a kind of tiny venue that's had to kind of build around what yeah. it already has yep and it's kind of a privilege right to see a concert or a game or whatever it's like a 
importance thing. Like the TD Garden hasn't been long enough to have that same exact importance and they have like 10,000 more seats. So I don't understand why the prices have to be high to start. But then I'm all about arm room. I will take a smaller seat and I get like maybe, I mean, I'm not like yeah heavy. Like, you know what I mean? Like I'm not super tall. I'm not super. Right. But I would rather have arm space that dictates don't come in my space person next to me. Yeah. And a smaller actual seat and have a bigger armrest than have a narrower armrest and a non-cushioned seat. Two and a half hours. I mean, the seats are already uncomfortable. For the same reason when you go to a movie theater today compared to back in the day, you're like, wow, man. Yeah, but now like, they're all like uh, they're all like lounge chairs. Yeah, like, why can't we put some of those? Why can't we have a section in the garden that's like the lounge chair section? <laughs> so what? It's safer than them dancing around up in the balcony where they might fall down the steps. That's true. That's true. I've seen it happen. Yeah, I almost fell too. over the balcony at the old garden at wrestling. True story. All right. Moving on to another topic is uh, probably, I mean, it's important to us. It's the Olympics. We always love a good challenge when it comes to these games and, and especially the Winter Olympics. Uh, but the 2020 uh, Olympics are coming up and, you know, we're hockey fans uh, Elliot Friedman tweeted out some great stuff uh, last night, and I wanted to bring the attention to it. And Heather did a little bit of research about it. Um, but things are starting to really look good for participation in these games. And um, I like what Elliot said. Um, what? Well, I mean, <laughs> what? <laughs> you were supposed to have a thing. I didn't like oh. memorize what he said, but they're just talking that the IFC is kind of IOC is kind of offering them some of those things that the NHL is always bitching that they don't get out of. Like, if we give our players, what do you give us? Because let's face it, the NHL continues to only give a crap about the NHL and not about individual players or teams or general exposure. I mean. As much as they say, like, we're growing the game, whatever. The only reason they're even entertaining 2020, this is just my own opinion about the NHL, is because for some reason they are obsessed with this idea of hockey in China, which I, I get there's a lot of people in China that could consume the product. But you're really realistically not putting an NHL team in China. Like, you just can't have that kind right. of travel schedule unless everybody's only p playing 50 games or whatever. Um the, but the NHL also still continues to be unwilling, it looks like to me, to... They want everything, and they want to give up nothing for it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And well, it, I have strong opinions about the Olympics because I, I think players should have the choice. I don't care if you're under an NHL contract or not to play for your home country once every four years. I don't... The NHL, like, you need to, you need to stop deciding to either be a product or a league. You know what I mean? Like, because... Yeah. You can't want to do all the grow the hockey things and have all the quote-unquote greatest players in the world, yet refuse to if it doesn't benefit you more than it benefits anybody else. And again, not as individual play, but as you as the board of governors or whoever that's, you know, controlling the show. Um, I mean, here's hoping, but this is also the same people that absolutely, and the only reason they don't want them to go there as much as they go, someone could get hurt. Well, someone could get hurt playing Detroit on a Sunday afternoon too, but they still go out there. You know what I mean? You also don't have to shut down your stupid league. Not everybody plays in the Olympics. And yes, you might give up a lot of your stars for two weeks, but you might not give up a lot of your stars for two weeks too. You might only give up all your stars for one week because unless you go and play in the finals... You don't need to be there for two weeks. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. And and they always like, oh, wait until the new CBA. Well, the new CBA isn't going to be for two more Olympics that it would be 
applied to. So, and Elliot Friedman did his thing, which I didn't memorize when he was saying, but just little things like they'll pay for co- certain costs of travel, insurance. things like that, insurance. They'll get marketing to use rights. ICE. Yeah. They'll get to use any footage or whatever for their own marketing as individual clubs and as a league. Uh, which you and I both know that that's going to be the NHL controlling exactly what league. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because doesn't the NHL technically own it all anyways? It's like they own it all, and then the Bruins get a percentage of the Bruins stuff. You know, it's probably yeah. some kind of system like that in TV. Yeah, that, that includes insurance costs, travel costs, and the ability to promote on own platforms. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, which the Elliot NHL also, is... Elliot oh, also said this is a significant policy change. And a reversal from what had been indicated months earlier. Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly told NHL.com that the league still wants to tie Olympic participation into CBA talks. But NHL feels it shouldn't be a factor because the current CBA extends past the 2022 games. Both sides need to agree. So that's still on the table. Uh, There are talks this week, but uh, this is pretty big development. And it really is. It's, it just shows that the both sides want to work and they want to participate. I think by missing the, the ones in Korea really hurt. I think it did. I think the thing is, is that when they first started getting to play the professionals in the Olympics, right? Because before two, 92, you had to be... Amateur. Amateur. All amateur. Well, you could, yeah, I know. Yeah, it was all... Now, of course, that can be... Not it Russia, depend, Right. Well, again, you can debate that with... Like, whatever. Every country, you know. But at the same time, the international organization didn't enforce the rules as hard as they should in some places anyways. That being said, you've made these players a part of this. Do you know what I mean? Where before you had generation to generation knowing when they got to a certain age, if they played NHL hockey, they were giving up their Olympic dreams. They were giving... Now you've read two generations of players who expect that they get to, if they are so chosen from USA hockey whatever Canada's equivalent of Canada hockey is, Hockey Canada, I guess it's called, you know, or whatever, you know. I think countries should be allowed to send whatever athletes they feel like, you know. Like, I don't feel it has to be all NHL players. Do you know what I mean? Maybe, you know, but I just think that it's ridiculous. The arguments that the NHL makes ridiculous, and for a – as much as they get credit, I think that they are horrible promoters of their own product, and this is a chance for you on the international stage – which is what you need to do to keep feeding your... Because it's not 1970. It's not just Canada and USA and a handful of people here and there. This is an international game. And if you really want to be the leaders in international hockey competition and displaying that, you know what I mean, and making your money up. I mean, think about all the marketing opportunities you let those players go. Oh, Vetkin's Russian jersey. Maybe you got to cut a deal with some of the... But if... You make a special edition like Capitals one, then you don't have to deal with Russia to use their thing. You could put the flags on and, you know, like they do for the All-Star game. They make kind of a weird, like, neutral-y yeah, jersey. Yeah, yeah. You know, whatever. Yeah, you could, each strange. player, that's very a whole marketing play. Like, you love introducing new horrendous jerseys. Why can't you sell TJ Oshie's jersey and make money off? You know what I mean? And well, that's, and yeah. then the trade-off is the players only get a percentage, maybe not what their normal contracted percentage of, like, if they have that. The league gives the teams. Maybe it's not the individual players. You know, I just I just think the argument of, like, you can't have it both ways, NHL. You know, and I'm not saying the players haven't in the past. They get picky on their issues. This is a thing that I think is very easily solved, that you get two sides that are, like, digging in, 
and I think the players are more right than the NHL is. What pisses, I just do. Right, but what pisses me off about this whole thing in, in the long run is the league, I mean, yeah, the NHL uses these games as leverage when it comes to CBA talks. Yeah. And that's not right. That's mm, not right. Yeah. When you, you know, uh, it's almost like me in my job and, and trying to get an extra dollar an hour. Uh, it's like, well, you... You um, don't take enough breaks, or you, you take too many. You know, yeah. you have a, it's like, well, you, but the job is still getting done. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I'm probably going way off on, on a different tangent than, than what's actually going on. But it's like they're telling you what you can't do. That's my point. And I just don't, I don't understand it. Yeah, especially in a league that's supposed to be more like kind of diversified on how it's run. It's supposed to be neutral, it, especially right. stuff like this. this. And this, this is, is your home country. Yeah, this is, I don't know. I, like, so for me, I support when the Alex Ovechkins of the world go, well, here's a middle finger, Gary Bettman, because I'm going to the Olympics. What do you want? What are you going to do? Fire me? I'm Alex fucking Ovechkin, right. you know? Unfortunately, there is a lot of players that might, you know, especially you come from a smaller country, like if Germany makes the tournament, you're going to need your German players back there to make it Absolutely. a yes. national, you know, yes. whatever. But at the same time, I, I get I get the NHL side. I get their whole th- The problem with the NHL continues to be they're only run by lawyers and freaking accountants and things like that. And it's good that people like Kim Davis, who maybe wouldn't affect this decision, but she's someone who's coming and going to talk about changing hockey culture in the NHL. She's like an outsider who has great ideas to how to like keep what's good and change what's bad and expand it to be. If you really want to be more inclusive, stop every time you have the opportunity to make it a more inclusive marketing or whatever it is. Biting down on your heels like, well, it fucks up our product for two weeks and someone might get hurt. Whatever. That's between the player and the team. And if a team wants to, they want to make a like thing where you might be able to put that in a contract, then the player has a say in whether they choose to give up that right or not. But... It's ridiculous to me on the biggest stage every four years where you need the big player. You need Team Canada. You need Team Russia you, to, for the Olympics to market themselves. You know, it's like the NHL wants to use the IOF, which they're not IHOF, to their... IIHF. Whatever, I yeah. know. I can't, I'm fucking acronymally fucked Sorry. up today. That's not even a word. I just made it up. And the IOC. Yeah, IOC. I keep like, blah, 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 in my head. It's like... They only want them to use them when they want it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like they need them more than they need. The NHL doesn't need them as much as they need them. But they're going, they're like dicks about it, right? They dick around with their own players. They did dick around That's with the, the International is, Hockey League, you know. They're screwing um, with the players that are, are making this product so successful. Yeah. It's, you like, wouldn't be uh, where you were today if it wasn't for Team Slovakia. and team, You know what I mean? Like, get yeah. on board, man. This is Also, it gives you a chance to see... You, you, you can't have both ways. You can't say we want to grow our game and be all-inclusive and make it a real international, you know, because they are an international league. Like, you can still want it to only be controlled by the guys in Toronto and some guys in New York. But in the real world, like, players, yes, your ultimate goal is to play in the NHL, but you could also play your whole career in Sweden and still play pretty elitist hockey and be perfectly fine and be near your family and stuff, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you don't want to create a situation where players might go, well, geez, I always want to play in the Olympics, and if I'm not going to be able to, maybe I'll stay here an extra couple of years. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like the NHL still doesn't know what the hell it actually wants, but it's still standing from that iron-fisted kind of pulpit, you know. I'm not saying, again, the players can get prima donnery at times during negotiations, too. But I really feel like Batman's going to do whatever the pressure puts on him, tells him to do. 
Bill Daly, I don't think, wants the players over there at all. Right. You got all this pressure from the fans and the players to let them go. And the ownership is kind of split 50-50 on the whole thing. Some some owners are more willing to let their players go and maybe take a hit in their own profit, like you said, to the flip side, maybe make more money. Because if you fall in love with Roman Yossi and you're not a, a Canadian or American kid or obsessed with NHL hockey, because you right. know what I mean? Now, all of a sudden, you might create a fan that's like, oh, I got to get, you know, my Nashville Predators jersey or whatever kind of thing. Is that Nashville Predators? Yeah. I just all of a sudden was like, holy shit. Yossi plays he... for the Nashville. Right? I know. In my head, all of a sudden, I was like, wait, is he a Columbus Blue Jacket? That doesn't sound right. Cats and dogs. It's a Living hard, it's a hard Sunday for me, people. All right. The greatness. Mo- moving on to the uh, last topic of the day, uh, stepping away from the Bruins a little bit here. Uh, is the uh... fucking NHL? They're so stupid. Did you see that greatness with the eight? What is is Avril no. Lavigne gonna come out and sing to Ovi? Skater boy. Sorry, <laughs> oh, sorry. All right, I'm refocused. I'm gonna. All right, all right. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how to recover from that, but uh, Buffalo Dwayne uh, melts down on his um, oh, Buffalo Savers team ownership for. The lackluster play and and what's been going on in the past uh, couple seasons as a as a diehard uh, Buffalo Sabres fan, and uh, he melted down. I believe it uh, was a radio interview or something like that. But um, I think it was like a radio call into like the yeah. local sports nation or something like that. I can't remember this. But uh, <laughs> we for the longtime Boston Bruins fans, I want you to listen to this, and it's a couple minutes. So just bear with me. Uh, if you don't want to hear it, just fast forward a little bit. But it is it, it's the passion of hockey, and and it's a and it addresses a need uh, for the teams and the league. Kind of segue from what we're talking about the Olympics is to pay attention to the people that are that are paying your salaries. Mm-hmm. So let's hear um, Buffalo Dwayne meltdown. All right, uh, 803-0550, 1-888-550-2550, those are the numbers. Dwayne is going to lead us off this segment. Hi, Dwayne, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Hey, thanks, Bulldog. Thanks, guys. Uh, if you just give me a, a few, like a minute here, just to, like, I'll try and organize my thoughts as best I can. I'm just, you know, I've, you know, I've, the 24 years they've been in that arena, I think in some form of capacity, I've been a season ticket holder for about 15 of those years. You know, I started my first hockey card with Brad May. My first jersey was Pat LaFontaine. I idolized Dominic Kashuk. I played goalie because of Dominic Kashuk. I, you know, I work for Hashik Foundation now as, as, as a coach. And, you know, I, my life in hockey has been started because of Sabres hockey. You know, I, I went to the finals games as a kid with my dad. I watched Jeff Sanderson score with one arm around Eddie, around Ed Belfour. You know, I have so many yeah. great moments to talk about with this hockey team and like I, I, I just I'm surprised the organization remembered to wish Dominic Kashuk a happy birthday today I'll put it that way I just it, it, it's so mind-boggling how we've fallen this far and like I don't need I, I, I was cautiously optimistic coming into this season because I wasn't fully expecting playoffs but I was happy with the way the season started because the competitiveness was there Last year was misery 100% after the 10-game streak. It was absolute misery because the competitive and the passion was not there. And it's been there. And then they go out and lay an egg last night in front of me. I was, Of course, I was at the game. First time I went to a game with my sister, by the way, and she had to sit there through that. And it's just it's mind-blowing. Like, 
I, I don't need a Jerry Jones type of owner. Like, I need an owner who's going to answer the fans when they misspell names on jerseys and have Chinese knockoffs on alumni. Like, what is going on? Like, what are we doing? Like, I don't understand it, man. Like, Bulldog, you, you lived through this. You've seen it. Like, have you ever been, like, have they ever sucked a passion out of you like they have me? I've dedicated my life to hockey because of this team. Like, I can't do it anymore, man. Like, like I'm seriously, for the first time, considering just not being a season ticket holder this year. Like, we're, like I, I, even when the team was terrible, Ted Black would come on the station and talk to fans and address concerns. I don't need the, the, the I don't need a damn camera in front of Terry Pagula every single day. But address our concerns. Be there when, when, when you screw up. Answer for the mistakes. Be accountable. You know, this, like Pella Fontaine had been forced out of the out of the organization. You know, five years ago, how long it was. Like I don't need an explanation, but it's just been mediocrity. It's it's almost worse than the Bills drought. Like like, and you know what? As, as, I don't know what people's opinions of the man were, you know, with Russ Brandon. But if Russ Brandon was running the team still, I highly doubt he would have allowed Chinese knockoff jerseys to be worn by Danny Garrett at Turkey Drive. I would have doubt on the ice, the goathead, missing deadlines. Like, what the hell is going on? Like, what is it? Like, I, 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 don't, I didn't need playoffs this year. I wanted it, but I didn't need it. But when you screw up for the fans as much as the team has over the last, like, five years, and just don't hold yourself accountable, go hide in your house in Florida. Like, what is this? Get in front of the camera and at least make us feel that we, that we matter, that we matter to you. Like, I'm sick of it, Bulldog. I'm sick of it. I'm sorry. I'll hang up and listen. I'm sorry. All right. We are back. What did you think about that? When I first heard that, I was just, first of all, laughing because we've all been there. This dude is the diehard fan. Well, not you people in Vegas. You've only had a team for three years, but everybody else, right? And not Seattle. You don't even have right, a team exactly. yet. <laughs> um, every fan has been there, especially if, if you're a real fan. Like, people go, oh, I'm a fan of that team. No, but if you're, like, the type of fan that's a real diehard and you internalize everything that is wrong, which is, I know it's not maybe the most healthy manifestation, but we all need something. I know I get that with the Bruins. Some people need I to have hear it. literally been screaming at the Bruins on TV, as we all have, like with your team, and having conversations with them as if they can hear you. You know what I mean? Like, whatever. You think you're the coach on the bench, whatever. We've all been there. But as a Bruins fan... We've been there. Oh, like, yeah. put the you're not putting the money in the team. I buy the fucking jerseys. I come to the stupid games. Our team is sucks. Yeah. You won't do anything to help it. And because I'm addicted, I'm going to keep buying your stupid jerseys and keep. Buffalo is a hot mess. And it took, I think, for a fan to melt down on the radio for everyone in Buffalo to kind of like, not the fans, but like maybe ownership, like, well, oh, geez, maybe we really should do. Like, we're on the verge of losing Jack. I go, get your shit together, people. Well, you talk about ownership, okay? So let's let's talk about that. Uh, and you're a Buffalo Bills fan, too. The Pagulas own both franchises. And they love the city of Buffalo. They do. They do. Yeah. But Dwayne has a very valid point. He has a very valid point when he says, do they own too much? And saying that, are you concentrating your full efforts to fulfill the people's expectations, uh, uh, the guys that are buying those seats, buying those season tickets on a regular, 
Are you not doing enough for the fans? That's his message, honestly. And, and I get that partly, but also in, in the family's defense, the only reason Buffalo has any teams left is them. because of them. Because yeah. these teams should have been sent somewhere else a long time. The only thing that keeps them there is this family's willingness to give the money to at least keep them profitable. You know what I mean? In yeah. some capacity. Uh, again, it's not perfect. I mean, I think the problem is... And it, they had this problem with the Bills for a while. They couldn't get the right people in place, right? And then you look at the Bills this year, right? They finally have the right people in place, the right personnel on the sidelines, the right whatever it is. And they finally started, like, their real team this year, a competitive, like, well-rounded kind of, you know, yep. I mean, they're young, they're still a young competitive team, but, like, they look on. like a football team, right? Yep. The problem I think that the Sabres fans have, oh, my God, is that Mike Bilberry laughing? It is. I can't How did that. that happen? He actually smiled. Oh, I wish we could hear it. I, I just, I'm so confused. Mike Milbury doesn't smile ever. Like, I swear to God, 2011, when we won the cup, he's like, this is the most exciting day in Bruins since Bobby Orr and them won the cup or whatever last time. That's that's pretty much Mike Milbury. I love Mike Milbury. I like gruff old dudes. But, um, so in, in, in the family's defense, I don't think it's they own too much. I think that they're still struggling to find their right people to help fix this team. And I think Buffalo fans... Are frustrated, and again, as a Bruins fan, I can relate to you this. You clearly hear that every time you start looking like you're gonna give me a team for whatever reason on paper, because this team, the Buffalo this year, should be better than they are. I believe so. I don't think they should be skyrocketing thing, but they should be a lot higher fighting for that wild card. They should, you know. They just can't seem to put the right people in, and I think that that comes from, and I think again as a Bruins fan. If you don't get the right people in the system, whether it's down in the AHL affiliate to feed up to the big squad, the right people in place that you get the right players who have the right uh, trainers and everybody around them. I mean, you know, it's a whole system of yeah. like there. That's when magic starts to happen. Like you got to be fully on board. Right. And I feel like the fans are fully on board because, again, we've been there. Because they're like, the ones with the expectations. Every year at the end of the year, you're like, oh, my God, I can't go on. Like, I hate this team. I'm never watching this team again. And then the minute the team is on, you're like, oh, my God, the team is on. Yay. Like, uh, but I, I don't think it's because the family's trying to do too much. I think Bills fans and Sabres fans should be very grateful they even have teams yeah. to no, stick I agree, to. I agree with and that. that being said, the fan base is also a reason why the family fights for it and why the yeah. city won't give it up. You know what I mean? Long ago, like, especially, like, the Sabres could have been moved thing. The Bills, God, like, they used to say, oh, only still now because of the owner. You know what I mean? Yeah. But then this family bought it and saved them. I mean, Donald Trump wanted to move them to New Jersey. Ew. Could you imagine if Donald Trump, oh, my Buffalo Bills has nothing to do with him being president. It has to do with him be, moving my damn team outside of Buffalo, going somewhere else. Right. Ew. And yay. Yeah. That's why I love, I love the a, delays on the stream. It's all right. But anyway, the Boston Bruins are down one and nothing with 17.53 left to go in the second period uh, against the Detroit Red Wings. But this is probably a good time to end Early. end the show. I mean, no, the the topic. Yeah, sure. end the topic. Um, what do you, what do you have for the next ten minutes? Well, this is the thing. 
First of all, the Beanpot final, for those of you who are keeping yes. score, is tomorrow night. Yes. BU versus Northeastern. By the way, it would be Northeastern's third in a row. I'm a bandwagon jumper. I'm going NU. Yeah. Don't listen to him. He doesn't NU. have a real... Courtney went to Northeastern. Okay. Quiet. Courtney can be a Northeastern fan because she went to Northeastern. Like I said, you jump around Hockey East like you're a, <laughs> a puck bunny, my friend. It's you because do. they follow the prospects. Go Maine because of Jeremy Swayman. Okay, first of all, your main. Okay, first of all, your main thing was. Sw- it wasn't even alive, okay, when you went through your black bear phase, okay? Then it was UNH for a while. You while yeah, back and forth, back and forth, and <laughs> thing. Um, but, anyways, should be a good game. Uh, BU doesn't lose that many times in a row, so surely they'll win again. Uh, sorry, Northeastern, you're just going to have to suck it. Sorry, Courtney. I was going to have to suck it. No, no I don't know. Going but anyway, three so row. three in a row. Monday, Beanpots. February 10th, uh, I think 8 o'clock is the puck drop for the final. Constellation games before that. Yeah, is that 4.30 or something like that? Oh, the yeah. final might be at 7.30. I think it's 4.30 and 7.30. Again, um, I'm a hot mess, so you're not there. Uh, review the boys a little bit. We never said this at the top of the thing, but the Bruins are 30. Well, not counting this game that we are now apparently losing <laughs> for a minute here. Uh, we're 34-10 and... 12 with 80 points. We didn't even say that. That's fine. Playing much better all around, but we're number one. We're number one. Yes. We're number one. Number one in the league with Zunju. But much better. 80 Se- points. Yep. 7, 2, and 1 in the last 10, which is much better than it's been. Looking around the leaderboards, our goalies are finally back to where they should be. I saw a smiling picture of the Tuka Rask with his 2.15 goals against average. Uh, Yarrow is actually number eight with 2.36. So even though Yarrow's been struggling, his numbers are still like, go away. All, I'm, I'm very happy for you, Elvis and Jerry and all these other people or whatever. Is it Gary or Jerry? How do you say that Pittsburgh kid's name? Tristan, what is it? Jari. Jari. Um, either way, go, go away, kids. You'll have your time right now. So uh, back up on there. And Tuka's number one also for save percentage with a 930. And Yarrow's actually at number 11. So he's... Again, even when our team is bad, we still manage to be good for some way <laughs> all around. Uh, Yara got his 50th shutout this year, and just a little for you, uh, they both have three shutouts, but Tuka only needs, I think, two more shutouts. What did I, he needs two more for his 50th shutout. So, again, nice. like we talked at the beginning of the year, it looks like these goalies are going to get their 500 and uh, the 50. Uh, Tuka is 20th and win, is ninth and wins with 20 wins. And Yarrow has 14, which isn't bad for the way they split. Nope. He's still like 500, as bad as it looked. It's very Tugarask, Chad Johnson-esque. Sadly, Pasta is now uh, third in the race for the Rocket Richard. Uh, Austin Matthews and Ovi have uh, tied each other for fourth as of this morning when he looked it up with 38 goals. But that ga- I feel like that race, you're not going to know. It, well, at some point, Ovi will probably bust it wide open and take over because, you know, like I said, he's like, all right, Pasta, you had your fun. <laughs> like, it's now my turn to do my thing. But uh, Pasternak's third with points was 77 points, and Marshan's up there in number six with 69 points. And not to be a bragger, but you know I have to get T- Tory Krugin somehow. So he is actually number ninth on the Bruins defense for, uh, like, the— Number ninth on the NHL defense for points with 31. He's obviously missed a little bit of time, but he is still well on his way to have at least his 50 points that he kind of averages a season. Um, what else did we say? Uh, we did the garden feedback season. Oh, um, the uh, yeah, the last game they did their little video tribute and stuff as a Dan O'Chara for his 1500th game yes. and his thousandth game yep. as a Bruin Congrats, and as the captain. Dude. 
uh, he got his golden stick. Nearly gave him his golden, golden stick, stick. And the boys bought him and his family a vacation. And anywhere was, in the world. Yeah, and there's a lovely um, Watch. video with a bunch of captains around the league. You know, uh, Ovi and Roman Yossi. And the oil Nikki, painting was awesome. Yeah, Nikki Lindstrom was on the video. I mean, just. A bunch of people. No Max Pecioretty. It would upset me a little bit. But, <laughs> call uh, the cops. Yeah, I just got, that would have been funny if it was like, and someone better call the cops. Uh, you know, um, lovely tributes. Uh, Ante Kopita, who I love. Like, Ange. Just, yeah, so uh, Anse. Anne. Anye. No, I'm just kidding. Everyone, he's, he's a dude who's like been around for so long, but nobody says his name right still. He's right. Probably, like, if I was an international player, I'd be pissed. Like, okay, I get it at you first, it right but I've been playing in this league eight years. Can't you say my name right by now? I've said my name out loud 14 times. Like, but we're not, we're not, um, North Americans. So what we do is go, hmm, you know, whatever, Peterson, and we'll just make it the most, co- or Seneshin, like you said, Seneshin. Senchin. That's not Senchin. even, that's Senchin not even coming from another like, country. That's coming from North America, too, and you still can't oh, say it as if we terrible. don't have a diversified last terrible. name system here. But anyways, it was a lovely tribute. Again, thank you, Zidane Shara. Love him, hate him, or different. He is a beast, and he will go down in hockey history. Uh, we didn't really talk totally about it, but... I would just like to one more time say, Coyle and Corrali, you're having an awesome week. The two of you seem right back to yourselves. And uh, that's really all we had. Just wanted to mention Z and his lovely little video. Yeah. Golden stick. That's the size of two people's normal sticks exactly. put together. What is going on with this Perlini? I don't know. He's... Go away. Sorry. Don't all pick right. it now, Detroit. Go. So, so um, we had another rate. So we're up to 106 on the reviews. Yeah. Please rate and review. It's Valentine's Day this weekend. Yeah, I you want to give me a Valentine? I rate and review. I, yeah, I was going to say, I'm not really a uh, chocolate. Well, I do love chocolate, but I mean chocolate and blood. But for Valentine's Day, I think that you need the love, Mark. Yes. Everybody loves you. Yes. Big fan. Yeah. So, so good. please go He's a big fan of reviews. rate and review on Apple Podcasts if you, have, if you happen to uh, have the app. And use it or any other worldwide app you are available to rate on and give us a five-star rating. That would be awesome. We'd certainly appreciate that. Um, shout out to today's and, and Forever Show sponsor. We've been really, really gaining some traction with these guys. BetOnline.ag. Uh, go there and use uh, code CLNS50 for a sweet bonus when you sign up and you create a free account. Uh, those guys have always been good to us and we're good to them, so... Continued relationship, so we will bid you adieu. And I watched this Detroit Bruins game, which the Bruins are actually losing so far, but good to see Brandon Carlo back in the lineup. Yaroslav Halak is not uh, the backup today. Uh, he is not feeling good, so but he is ready if needed, uh, per Twitter and uh, the official Boston Bruins account. But anyway, I want to thank everybody for the support. Uh, it's been tremendous. Thank you for the shares. Thank you for the retweets. Thank you for the uh, kind words of our show. The addition of Heather has, and her, the comments of her being on here have been uh, tremendous. Uh, again, want to uh, reach out one more time and say uh, thank you to the, the hosts of the Big Bad Bruins podcast, Ian Glendon and Chris Blackie. They do a great job. Um, I was on this show last week. Go check it out. I believe it was uh, episode 25. A lot of fun talking about the Bruins state and the uh, and the prospects down in Providence and around the world. So, um, regardless, uh, have a have a safe week. We got we got um, 
I'm still off on this. We're whole playing. Thing. We got long, three games yeah. this week, including today's game that we're watching right now. So uh, go bees, keep this train rolling all night long. Yeah, au mon ami. Thanks again for listening to and supporting the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please share the show with your friends and family, and don't forget to subscribe to and leave a five-star rating for the show on your favorite podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Between shows, help us keep the Bruins talk going by visiting our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, by sending an email to blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com, and by following the show on Twitter at blackandgoldpod. Peace out.